When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's three past nine here on Mornings with Ian Smith. Ricardo Paul in for one last day before Smithy is back in the hot seat. Tomorrow coming up on the show, Ronnie Hera joins us shortly, the former Black Caps spinner. We'll talk that Black Caps a White Bull squad named to play India in a 3T23 ODI series starting on Friday. We'll also catch up uh, with you guys and get your thoughts on what he's got to say and a few other things including uh, the way that the Kiwis and the Kiwi Ferns have gone um, we've got uh, some good news out of those camps overnight as well David Whiteman uh, is uh, a guy who runs a, a something called Haley's Far- uh, Hanley's Farm uh, they are covering the costs for a lot of junior basketball coming out of New Zealand, boys and girls teams to go and compete uh, they're covering all the travel costs, we'll talk to him about why they're doing that and uh, and what the attraction is with that sport for him we'll catch up as well with Adam Summerton he is a BT Sport commentator out of the UK and we're going to preview that FIFA World Cup that kicks off on Monday with him. We'll go through that group by group. There's also going to be a few other things, including your opportunity to win a $50 TAB bonus bet with Stumped around 11.30. Four past nine here on SENZ. Ronnie Hedder joins us. Uh, Ronnie, the... Black Caps named a squad for the ODIs and the T20s yesterday uh, against India, which starts on Friday. Good morning to you, mate. What did you make of the team? What about how are you? Um, interesting, yeah. Um, mostly the same sort of uh, makeup as the World Cup T20 squad. Uh, some one-day regulars coming back in and obviously some guys um, in and out. Yeah, there's, uh, there, were, there were a few interesting ones. I mean, Mark Chapman didn't really get much of a throw at the World Cup, but he hasn't managed to retain his spot. Gupdal, who, you know, has got such a storied career, was part of the squad there, didn't bat uh, over there, but he's been dropped as well, so he's not part of the squad. Some interesting calls from the selectors. Yeah, I think three guys have obviously dropped out. Um, Gup, Chapman, and, and you've also got um, Bolt. So, all for very different reasons, I guess, and different stages of their career. Um, the, I guess the only one that really sort of speaks some alarm bells is, is Gup, uh, is Gup really. Um, in Kane Williamson's own words that I read online, he labelled him as one of New Zealand's uh, finest white ball batters. So, if you are one of New Zealand's finest white ball batters, why can't you make the squad? Mm. Uh, so, it's, it's, for me, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, like someone who's got a record like Gup, um, you know, um, how much is it? 18 one day hundreds, averaging 41. And it kind of gets a little bit, in my opinion, a bit boring when you hear things like, oh, we know what he can do. Well, what he can do is go out there every inning and score 41 runs. That's his average. 
Um, so, you know, to go out there and, and put that on the table to start off with, in addition to having, you know, 1800s and, and 3950s um, striking at 87, um, tell me, tell me why you wouldn't want that in your squad um, going forward. That's a really good point, actually. I mean, it's it's great having. Uh, guys coming through like Finn Allen coming through uh, and I guess they see him as the future there's an ODI World Cup next year so the inference would be that they don't think Gupta's going to be around then is, is that what we're reading in this? Yeah I mean I don't want to end someone's career before it needs to and that's not my role here today is just to analyse basically mm. from the outside what you can see um, and yeah that could be the, the conclusion that you come to but if that was the case what, why wouldn't you not let him go out on his own terms? Um, someone who's contributed that much for New Zealand cricket, um, labelled correctly in my view by by people who have um, more batting talent than myself as one of New Zealand's finest uh, white ball cricketers, full stop. Why would you not let him go out on his own terms if this was the end of the road? Because in my look again, looking at it from the outside, there's no white ball cricket for Gup to play between now and uh, getting back into the team. Like he'd have to go back and play red ball cricket for Auckland and the Plunkett Shield. I don't think the the one day Ford Trophy or the Super Smash gets underway for a few weeks yet. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That uh, what's he supposed to do? And that uh, opens up another conversation as well because the other player that's not there, of course, is Trent Bolt. Um, and there was a, a in the in the press release yesterday about Trent not being there. You know, they basically said that um, he's no he's not contracted, right? So he opted out of his contract. So they're going to be giving uh, priority players with central contracts or domestic contracts, but. There's a bloke called Jimmy Neesham in the team who doesn't have either of those and, in fact, doesn't even have a, a provincial team to go and play for. So how does that work? Yeah, I mean, that's another one of the sort of issues that I'd had with the, the naming of the squad. They they did say that Neesham's situation was somewhat different to Bolt's. But, again, looking from the outside, if you're looking at things on face value, Neesham turned down a contract. He doesn't have somewhere to play at this stage in domestic cricket. So where does that leave him? Like, is he just being picked by New Zealand to play for New Zealand? And that's what he's doing. I mean, part of being a domestic cricketer or even an, an international cricketer means you need to be available to play for New Zealand, which is fine. But he either of those agreements at this stage because he doesn't have a domestic team to play for. So, um, and I guess, if you again, they've, they've labelled this, not my words, crystal ball gazing into the next World Cup. Like, are they saying that Nisham's going to be one of the front-line players? So they're going to continue selecting him for the next 12 months, even though he's not contracted, in between all of these other uh, T20 assignments he's got with franchise cricket. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. We just had a text through saying the first round of the Ford Trophy is next Thursday, so uh, I, I suppose right. Gup can get a bat there. But, yeah, it's still it's a bit of a head-scratcher because it seems to be uh, one one thing good for Bolt, another thing good for Jimmy Neesham. doesn't quite make sense. I mean, it has been suggested to me that maybe the reason that Neesham has been given this treatment is because with him and Daryl Mitchell, that's really our, our our two batting all-rounders and they and they want to keep him sweet ahead of the uh, ODI World Cup next year. But, I mean, surely part of the development pathway we've got going on in New Zealand cricket at the moment, there must be somebody else that's there or thereabouts. Even, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a new name. It could be a Robbie O'Donnell who's, you know, going great guns with the bat and the ball for Auckland or Doug Bracewell even. Uh, well, the question you have to ask yourself is, did Nishan bowl any overs at the 2020 World Cup? I think the answer to that is no. Mm. So why would you need a bowling all-rounder if you're just going to use five bowlers? I mean, it's nice to have the luxury of having someone who can bowl overs um, as, as an all-rounder or batting all-rounder, but um, you know, if you look at a, a five-game sample, which they played over the World Cup, or a six-game sample, they didn't bowl any overs. 
So is there any need to have him there or continue selecting him if he's not contracted? Um, yeah, Doug Brosel, yeah, he's a... He does all he can do, Doug. Uh, I think, in my opinion, in terms of domestic cricket, he always puts up really good numbers every year. He's consistent. He's played at the international level before. You know, is it worth now giving him an extended run as a bowling all-rounder or someone who can actually front up and bowl you know, decent uh, quality overs and then contribute something with the bat? Um, is that the type of player that they should be looking long-term for in terms of someone who's given loyalty to New Zealand cricket and has continued to be contracted as well? Well, I guess the other player is Kyle Jamison, but he's out injured with a back injury at the moment, right? So he's your bowling all-rounder that can bat at eight and, and, and hit big. But that's a role that Doug can also play. So, you you know, you sort of got coverage for for uh, Kyle Jamison if you give Doug the opportunity there. Is that, is that how you see it? Yeah, I mean, you can only pick guys who are fit and, and there's no time frame as far as I can see in terms of Kyle be, being fit. So you have to use what's available and, and, and guys who are performing. So... Um, they've done that um, to give them some credit and not slagging them off totally. They have done that with guys like Blair Tickner, who has performed at domestic level and has been given opportunities. Um, they've given them opportunities to guys like Ben Sears. Um, so they are doing that. Um, and I, I find it somewhat easier to rotate bowlers than guys who have a, a storied history as batters. Um, it's, it's somewhat different. Um, you know, bowlers will come and go a little bit with niggles and um, and resting and how many overs they've bowled, especially if they're playing four-day cricket and stuff. So it's a little bit more acceptable. Um, so th- I guess when you're looking at guys like Jamison, Bracewell, those types of guys uh, rocking around New Zealand cricket and domestic cricket, um, those would be the guys you'll be looking for for like a bowling around the spot. Uh, another uh, piece of news that came out this morning, Ronnie, and I don't know if you're across this, but Sunrisers Hyderabad have released Kane Williamson um, after six years. Yes, um, I yes, looked. At, yeah, I looked at that. Um, a, you know, it was sort of around the the T20 World Cup because I not I, I I've been saying that it feels like the T20 game has evolved past Williamson's capabilities as a cricketer these days. Um, you know, he's a guy that can go at a run a ball, but it takes him a while to get going. He tends to take eat, eat a lot of dots and. And I think last year his strike rate was in the IPL was 93 uh, with an average of 19, which isn't great numbers. So do you think the writing's on the wall for his international career at T20 as well? Well, he came out after the World Cup and said he had to do some reflection on where he's at and, and what the team sort of needs. And his desire is to, from all accounts, what you can read and what you can hear from him is that he wants to continue playing all three formats. Um I guess in terms of a tactician and in terms of someone who can lead the side, the other only option at the moment that they can see and they give him opportunity as well as Salvi. But again, he's not um, in the front end of his career. He'd be towards the back end of his career. So I guess, yeah, the, the stats are what they are in terms of his current performance and his historical performance in terms of strike rates and things like that. Um, but, you know, if you fast, if you, if, you, if you rewind 12 months ago, he lit it up in the, in the final against Australia. So those innings aren't um, outside of his capabilities. It's just, it's just uh, is, he, is he playing to the situation more than um, in terms of the, the game situation like we found himself in with, with the Black Caps in the World Cup, you know, like a couple of wickets down early then having to consolidate between overs, you know, three and ten. Um, and then trying to then extend on and, and generate a higher strike rate then and then getting out. So it makes it look a lot worse than it is. Um, but, yeah, I guess he's, he's going through that reflection phase at the moment. I don't think they have a lot of time, obviously, because they play again on Friday. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, they, you know, could this, in, uh, this series be uh, any better placed for Kane to make a statement, given it's India? 
Uh, possibly. I mean, the conditions conditions are completely different. Um, you know, playing the IPL in India versus the, the the grounds and the size of the grounds here, and also the pitches, probably more to his liking in terms of the ball coming on. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I guess yeah. If you were going to make a statement, there are a lot of senior guys coming across from India who may. Um, get in the ears of the IPR owners and make a bid for him at the auction. I'm pretty confident he'd probably end up getting picked up by someone. Uh, probably not at the same value that he was currently, unless they get into a bidding war. But um, you know, having someone like that around your squad, uh, with all that batting knowledge, and even if you needed him to do a jog um, in the middle order or the top of the order. Uh, probably worth investing and I would have thought mm, Okay, it's an interesting one um, an interesting call by Sunrisers as well and the timing of it uh, before I let you go mate, we, we were talking um, you know, all-rounders and we around the Jimmy Neesham thing, the other one that um, struck me actually, I was looking at his numbers earlier this morning is Logan Van Beek who of course played in the T20 World Cup for the Dutch he's back here playing domestic cricket, he's going well with the ball and with the bat for his domestic side um, he has played in New Zealand A before is he a player that could work their way into the Black Caps, do you think? I mean, they've obviously seen enough to invest in them to put them in a New Zealand A tour. Yeah, I mean, that, that situation is interesting in itself. Guys who have gone and played, you know, for associate countries in the Netherlands, there's that, uh, Tim Pringle as well was playing for, for ND, I think, and then made his debut um, just this week. So it's interesting that these guys have a little bit more leeway in terms of coming and going between playing uh, in our domestic uh, setup, but also then also, uh, in an international setup, which is in New Zealand. Um, yeah, but I guess they, they, they must see someone like Logan as an option as a bowling all-rounder um, if they are giving him time in the New Zealand A jersey and investing in him going on tours. Um, where that leaves them in the picking order behind guys like Bracewell and guys like Jamison, um, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, but he's, been, I mean, for white ball cricket, Logan's been a pretty good performer for for a number of years now, and and that probably shows a little bit more that he's been given the opportunity to play for the Netherlands as well. But in terms of people who ply their trade in New Zealand and are committed to playing for New Zealand, I'm not 100 percent sure um, how that would sit with other players or not. Mm, yeah, all right, mate. Hey, listen, Ronnie, I know you've got a meeting that you need to run to, but I appreciate the time you've given us this morning and some of the things you've brought up as well. Definitely some food for thought around this New Zealand team ahead of that India series. Uh, appreciate your time, mate. Go well and uh, enjoy the week. Yeah, no drama. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Ronnie Hedder with us, former Black Cap spinner, talking about that Black Cap squad for the World Cup. What are your thoughts on that? 0800 150 or double eight double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Uh, the Black Cap squad that was released yesterday for these Indian series and the news now that Kane Williamson has been released by Sunrise's Hyderabad and no longer has an IPL contract at this stage. Where are you at with those things? And some of the things that Ronnie here brought up, uh, you know, for example, saying that Trent Bolt uh, wasn't considered because they're going to go with guys who've got central contracts. Uh, yet Jimmy Neesham doesn't have a central contract or a domestic team to play for. Uh, seems a little bit at odds with some of the things they're saying, but keen to get your thoughts. 0800 150 That is our phone number, 0800 of course. And if you are SENZ's caller of the month, then you could win yourself an Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill as well, thanks to Able Living. So give us a call, 0800 150 Your thoughts on the cricket, or you can text us, double eight double three. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
NZ and uh, you had a text come through actually from Chris talking about the cricket saying I think VVS Laxman is coaching the Indian team on this tour he is also involved with Sunrise's Hyderabad so it might be a bit of an awkward conversation when he and Kane meet well yeah that is true Uh, thanks for your text Chris it might be might be a little bit awkward although I did see that while they have elected to release Kane they haven't ruled out going for him again when he comes up for auction Uh, they'll just pay less for him I think they're just going to see what his value is on the market and then maybe uh, we'll see what happens on that front Um, yeah looking at uh, last season for Kane Williamson he scored 216 runs in 13 innings average of 19.63 his strike rate was 93.5 of all the batters who faced at least 100 balls in the tournament his strike rate was the worst um, and this was a team that finished eighth and outside of the playoffs, so they are looking to rebuild. So that says something, I think, about uh, you know Sunrisers uh, dropping Kane Williamson. They also remember the year before dropped David Warner. They decided that he wasn't firing anymore, so they let him go as well. So they're not afraid to pull the trigger on a few things. Uh, Key, we'll, we'll talk more about that after using sport at nine thirty. Keen to get your calls going on that, but before we do that. The Rugby League World Cup is on at the moment as well. As you know, uh, we lost one semi-final. We won the other. So the Kiwi Ferns will play the Jillaroos in the final of the Women's Rugby League World Cup. And uh, overnight, they have released the golden boots for both the men's and women's tournaments, which seems weird that you do it before the final, but they've done it before the final. Uh, the good news from a Kiwi point of view, though, is that there's two Kiwi winners. So Joey Manu has won the golden boot for the best men's player at the tournament, and Crystal Rota has won Oh, sorry, Racing McGregor has won it for the uh, for the women's side of the tournament. And Crystal Roto, who's the captain of the Kiwi Ferns, and Ricky Henry uh, were talking about this post-match yesterday. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, obviously, the crowd was um, for England, and they made that very evident. But um, I think there was motivation for the girls to, you know, roll their sleeves up and get the job done. But also a lot of um, support for us, despite being so far away from home. So it was really nice to hear as well. Pre-tournament, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be an Australian-New Zealand final. Is that what you'd anticipated? Um, not, not, not necessarily. Um, never know what's going to come in a World Cup. Um, you know, everyone's come here to win, so definitely didn't anticipate that we were going to be in the finals. And we knew whatever it was going to be, we we're going to have to work hard to get here, and that's what we've done. And um, we're just grateful that we've got the result tonight to get through to the finals. So you're looking at the phone just now, Ricky. How many messages have you had from people back home so far? Yes, um, yeah, lots, <laughs> lots, uh, too many. But like you know, they're really proud uh, of the ladies tonight, and I'm really proud of them as well. And you know, we worked so hard, um, not just in this campaign, but even prior to this, you know, we've sort of put things in place to try and grow the game back here, uh, back in New Zealand there. And yeah, just it's really a proud moment for us um, in NZRL as well. There you go, Ricky Henry, Crystal Rotter. They were really speaking post-match, but uh, yeah, interesting to see we've got a couple of Kiwis winning the Golden Boot at the Rugby League World Cup as well. Uh, we've got, at the moment, it's all happening in the Plunkett Shield too, um, and we've got lots of cricket action going on, and it's always good about this time to start keeping an eye on some of those guys that are bubbling under. We have had a text through asking where Tim Seifert is these days. Well, last I heard, he was playing uh, for ND, wasn't he? Um, and uh, I, I guess they're, they're playing Otago at the moment in the Plunkett Shield so we'll have a look we'll find out but there's a few players uh, that uh, I think are bubbling under that black caps 
selection and could maybe put their hands up. Obviously, the Red Bull uh, at the moment with the Plunkett Shield, but uh, as Scott texted through earlier, uh, next Thursday we do have some action coming our way from uh, Whitepool with the Ford Trophy getting underway, and uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that because you would imagine that Gupta will get an opportunity there and it'll be interesting to see uh, if he can recapture some of that form and we can see him back uh, doing what he does best, which is generally hitting the ball out of the ground, right? So uh, we'll keep an eye on that and keep an eye on some of those other players as well. Yeah, Tim Seifert has been playing in the current Plunkett Shield game that's going on between ND and Otago. Uh, He scored 12 with the bat coming in at 5 for ND against Otago in the latest game. Uh, he's also taken, uh, you know, about probably across two innings. I think he's taken about four or five catches as well. Uh, currently, that game, this is where that sits at the moment. Um, Otago vaults all out for 181 in the first innings. Northern Districts then replied with 277. And Otago out 156 for four in their second innings. So they lead by 60 with six wickets remaining uh, halfway through. So it looks like we should get a result weather dependent on that one. But yeah, Tim Seifert is a wicketkeeper batsman at Northern Districts at the moment. After 9.30, after the latest news in sport, we are going to open the phone lines. It is going to be a talkback time, and the caller of the month could win an Oklahoma Joe's Black Jack Charcoal Kettle Grill thanks to Aber Living. What do you want to talk? Is it the cricket? Is it the fact that Kane Williamson has been let go by his IPL franchise, the Sunrisers Hyderabad? Uh, they have released him from his contract. What does that mean for Kane Williamson going forward? Do you think he'll be picked up by another IPL franchise at the auction? That'll be, uh, he is an experienced head, but you look at those numbers from last season and they didn't, don't make great reading, do they? The worst strike rate of any player that faced over 100 balls in the IPL last season. So you've got to take that. And what does that mean? I mean, if you're Gary Stead, you're in his shoes, you're looking at it and then is he the right man to continue leading New Zealand or playing for New Zealand in the white ball game, or particularly in the T20 game internationally as well? We can talk that. We can also talk the fact that uh, the French referee, Reynal, who New Zealand fans have, I think, more of a love-hate relationship with than Wayne Barnes now, uh, has is going to be taking charge of the test against the Poms this weekend. What do you make of that? And what do you expect to see in that game between the All Blacks and England? We can talk that. The Rugby League World Cup, of course, disappointing. The Kiwis didn't get through to the final, uh, but the Kangaroos... Oh, a very good team, obviously, and there wasn't a lot in it, was there? But our Kiwi Ferns have made it. Uh, looking forward to seeing how they get on in the final against um, the Gillaroos, that rematch, which is, is going to be fantastic to see because I think every chance that they... They've played them once, only lost by two. What was it, 10-8? Every chance that the Kiwi Ferns can rack that up, I think they've got the confidence about them, and they're probably more battle-tested than the Gillaroos have been, so we can talk all of that as well. Plus, of course, the FIFA World Cup is not too far away. In fact, Monday it kicks off. After 11, I'm going to catch up with Adam Summerton, an English football commentator who works for BT Sport, and we're going to preview the World Cup, go through all the groups. If you want to talk FIFA World Cup, who you like, who you don't like, uh, then we can do that as well because after the latest news in sport, we're going to open the phone lines 0800 150 811 and uh, we're going to do talk back time for half an hour. What do you want to talk about? Let us know. You can also text us on 8833. That is the temper bed post text machine. And right now it's time for news in sport. The update with Aroha Hathaway. Talkback time with Smithy. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Call now for a chance to win today's $50 Chemist Warehouse voucher. 
27 away from 10 here on SENZ. This is Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in for Smithy, and it is talkback time. And Cliff joins us on 0800 150 811. G'day, Cliff. How are you doing? Yeah, morning, Ricardo. Yeah, it was interesting listening to your Tottenham chap about the cricket, about where it's gone, who's who's in and who's out. Um, look, Guptill, to me, has to play in that 50-over team still. The 2020, I think that's past him. I think we can't have him in the 2020 side because he's not really that hitter anymore in the first five overs. He's he's trying to play, you know, a starting game. But, yeah, i definitely have him in the 50-over uh, game. With regard to Williamson, I wouldn't have him in the 2020 side at all. Uh, I just don't think Stead uses him right. He needs to float in the order. If we lose a hitter at the start, he needs to drop down one and we replace him with another hitter. I think I've sort of talked about that a bit before, but I think the whole cricket needs freshened up. Mm. We need a new new coach new coach for the start in the 2020, uh, at least, uh, if Stead wants to carry on with the 50s. But we need a, a completely... All the other teams, their, their sides are pretty much different. I mean, when you come into the World Cup year... They tend to get a bit stronger. Some of the guys who play test cricket and, you know, the biggest tough things sometimes want to come back and play in the World Cup. But most of the time they don't play in the in the 2020 leagues. England is like that. They don't have many players. They've got Ben Stokes, uh, maybe Mark Wood, who, who are in the 2020 league. But most of the rest of them are all just in the hitting brigade, which keeps, them, keeps the game moving. And we just have to keep up with the rest. Uh, keep the tank game fresh. Um, you know, we're going to lose a lot of good players soon. You know, Saudi and Bolt are not going to be around. I don't know where the wag will be back this year in the test side, but we need to, yeah, we need to be positive if we're going to keep up with the rest. Yeah. Uh, the ABs, yeah, the, the All Blacks coming up. England, England don't look like a, a great side yet. They're probably waiting for the World Cup a bit too. They don't want to show themselves. They've probably got a, they've got some injuries, and um, they're not going to go out there and, and and try and bully anybody and show their game too too soon. I think it'll, it'll be a tough game, but I think it's a game the All Blacks can win. I don't think it, uh, England are going to go out there. If we were playing the final of the World Cup or semi final, I think England will be a much different side to play. You know, it's it's out of their season. You know, so. I think the All Blacks can do it. I mean, we've got to put our best team on, which we've got to play everyone in the right position. Artie Severe, it's amazing how he didn't get nominated for Player of the Year for, for men's rugby. You know, the guy never never has a bad game. He's a 100% man every game, but, yeah, who well, knows? You know, the thing on that, Cliff, is that you know that it's a bad decision when it's not just New Zealanders saying that, because I saw uh, leading South African and leading Welsh journalists also saying the same thing. Yeah, sometimes sometimes they don't pick the the real deal. They look for guys who who might have done a little bit just to bring up some of the other teams. You know, they they say, well, Artie Sevier's a great player. He plays well all the time. He played well last year. 
we won't nominate him this year as the best. We'll find another guy who's who's punched above his weight a bit, and and Artie doesn't get it. But um, you know, the All Blacks going forward, they need to punch above their well. They need to punch it hard, don't they? From here on, there's no this idea of changing the team dramatically. We've got to we go to the World Cup. We are, we're only allowed to take I think 31 players. We can't go with this 38 big huge squad. So we've got to get a settled side. We've got to say this is our midfield. This is our our back three. This is our loose forward trio, and this is our bench. And this has got they've got to be the bench has got to be as good as the starters. And we're gonna if we're gonna win the World Cup, don't we? You're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. I'll tell you what, there's a bit of work to be done between now and then. And I, I think, you know, having said that, what you said there about 31 for the for the World Cup, it's slightly less than I thought. And I think that once again puts real pressure on Ian Foster and the decision he makes around what he does with Sam Kane. Um, does he retain him? Because I think, you know, with Ethan Black out of back, there's going to be some some real depth in that loose forwards and probably guys that are more resilient, shall we say, than Kane uh, going forward. Thanks for your call, Cliff. Uh, 0800 150 811, 0800 150 11 is the number here and of course if you are the caller of the month on SENZ this month you get to uh, go on the draw to win an Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill thanks to Abe Living so uh, give us a bell like Graham from the White and Upper has. G'day Graham, how are you? Good morning Ricardo, how are you mate? Yeah good mate, good. Uh, what did you want to talk? Oh well I might think um, the, the dropping um of our captain from uh, from the Indian uh, tournament should be such a surprise. Um, hopefully, it's raised an eyebrow um, on Gary Stead's face. Um, but um, you know, surely uh, someone like Phillips or Mitchell has caught the eye over there. And it wouldn't surprise me if either of those two got offered a contract. Mm. But um, I've got a question for you. What's happened to Carl Jameson? Now fresh in the pan. Oh, yeah, he's injured at the moment. He's got a back injury. Um, so, yeah, at the bottom of the press release that they put out that uh, two guys that weren't considered were Ben Sears and him uh, due to back injuries. So, yeah, that's where Cole Jamison's at at the moment, which is unfortunate for him and for us because he solves a lot of problems, I think. You know, he bats at eight um, and is a genuine fast bowler. So um, that would certainly, you know, you might look at someone like maybe his Nisham needed if, if Jamison is fit. Um, I just said that Carl Jamison doesn't have all these niggly uh, injuries that, uh, that actually badly affect his, uh, his career because he's got massive potential. We saw saw how he started, but then he sort of he stuffed a bit. Um, so uh, let's let's hope he recovers uh, 100% and. Uh, and gets back because he's, uh, he's a strike force. Yeah, 100%, mate, he's a strike force. He, he's going great. Here, the other name that wasn't named in the in the, in the the squad, which um, I didn't think, I don't think he's a T20 player, but I, I did think he was part of the ODI plans. That's Henry Nichols. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, um, I'm trying to think now. Um, um, another name that um, was... Another bowler that was, um, I can't think of his name, mate. Um, but uh, everybody said, what, what's happened to him? Quick bowl. Who's their fastest bowler? Um, oh, Lockie Ferguson? No, no, no. Next one. Adam Milne? Yeah, Milne. A lot of people were saying, like, what's happened to Milne? Um, so he's um, he's back in the picture now. Yeah, and I mean, he's a guy, you talk about niggling injuries, he's, you know, I feel sorry for the bloke because every time he gets himself fit yeah. and gets a run, then he, he picks up another injury and whether it's back or, or leg related, it all seems to be probably tied into to something that he's got going on mechanically, but hopefully he can stay fit through this series and get some decent game time. 
Yeah, I just feel that Kane hasn't recovered from that um, from that elbow injury, mate, and it's um, severely affecting his uh, his game. You know, he's, uh, he's lost his oomph. Um, he seems to be um, playing very slowly, um, and uh, there's no there's no there's no grit and determination behind his um, his shots. You know, he's he's not hitting the sixes and that that he used to. So it's a shame. Yeah, it's uh, I, I I I think I've mentioned it before, but you know I can't remember who I was talking to this about. It may even have been Smithy at some point, but um, they were talking about the elbow injury and the way that Kane used to bat, and he used to lead with a really high elbow. Um, left elbow would be really really high, and it meant that he played under his eyes a lot more, and that gave him a lot of time to be able to play later. Um, and with that elbow injury, he's had to change the way he bats, and he can't do that anymore. And maybe he's just been struggling with the adjustment there. Yeah, that's quite obvious, I think, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, he's having to uh, rethink his, uh, his, whole, uh, his whole cricket uh, scenario, really, isn't he? Yeah, and I, I suppose, I mean, if you're in Gary Stead's shoes, maybe the one thing that's holding him back from making those kind of changes is leadership um, in terms of who's a, a tactician and someone that can lead the team. I mean, I know Ronnie Hedder mentioned Tim Southey, but i always a bit loath to have a fast bowler as your captain because they don't always make the right decisions for the for the team or the right decisions for them, if you know what I mean. And, and that's not uh, uh, casting any dispersions on Tim Southey, but just in general, we've seen it with fast bowlers as captains in the past, you know. Might see a bit of a double change, Ricardo, with uh, Kane and Stead. Well, you know, if you look at most of the overseas teams, most of the teams we played against, they have a separate white ball coach to a red ball coach. Um, and, yep. I mean, I... I can see, I can make an argument for keeping your ODI coach and test coaches the same guy because there are parallels there. But having a separate T20 coach, I think that game has developed away from the rest of cricket. It's kind of almost its own sport now, and it's very much a younger man's game. Just like sevens and fifteens rugby, mate. You're absolutely hammer on the, on the, the head of the nail there, mate. Completely and utterly. Yeah, indeed. All right, Graham. Hey, listen, thanks very much for your call, mate. Really appreciate it. Cheers, uh, keep them coming through. You can call us 0800 150 811. SENZ's Caller of the Month will win themselves an Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill barbecue. Thanks to Aber Living. And you can also text us as well on 8833. That is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper Bedpost's range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Keep them coming through and give us a call 0800 150 811. It is 18 away from 10. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away and know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. 12 away from 10 here on SCNZ and uh, having a look at a multi today that's actually going to go across till tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll start though in the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets are playing the Sacramento Kings. Now the Sacramento Kings are pretty average. I know the Brooklyn Nets are a bit of a dumpster fire at the moment but they, with Kevin Durant fit, they should have enough to get past Sacramento and they're actually the outsiders because it's in Sacramento. They're paying $1.97 so they're on the road here the Nets but I, I still like the Nets because the Kings, let's be honest, are just rubbish. Um, then tomorrow morning there are two FA Cup first round games. 
And this is the round that you tend to get, you know, uh, some some value in the market. Uh, the first game is Salford City, who are in League Two, and against Peterborough, who are in League One, uh, in in the UK. So uh, Peterborough are doing pretty well in League One. They're currently fourth, so they're in the playoff spots. Salford City, their whole drive is to get out of League Two into League One, uh, and they're just on the edge of the playoffs at the moment, but they keep keep dropping out. I think. They will have their eye purely on the league, and so that's why I back Peterborough to win this at a dollar eighty-three. Uh, the other game is uh, is where I think our value comes from: Woking. Uh, who are in the National League, which is the same one Wrexham are in. It's the league underneath the four top leagues. That's so the fifth league in, in England. They are playing Oxford United, who are in the third tier in League One. Oxford United really should be a playoff team in that league. Uh, they have struggled a bit this season. They are in mid-table. They've been winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. Their focus will very much be the league. So again, I think uh, Woking, you look at their form, they haven't conceded a goal or lost a match this month. So they are in very good form, and they are at home, and they are paying $4.20. So that's where the value is. So if you put those together, Woking to beat Oxford United at four twenty, Peterborough to beat Salford City at $1.83, and the Brooklyn Nets to beat the Sacramento Kings at $1.97, it returns $15.14, Brian. Ambitious. But as per, as expected from you, Rick Dog, you never go short. No, well, let's say, you know, let, oh, let's, try, on, let's try and make some money. You never go short unless it's your own own account. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I'm just throwing this out there, but I reckon there's a very good chance that comes in. I I, I, don't, I feel confident about that that uh, multi. May I would say to people out there, um, whenever Rick Dog, if you don't know football, but whenever Ricardo gives out tips, just jump on them because nine point five times out of ten they come through. <laughs> I've had a bit of luck recently, mate, to be fair. Yeah, it's been going pretty well. So, um, yeah, so yeah, get on uh, and enjoy those. It is nine away from uh, ten. You keep your text rolling through, too. Double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. Uh, Chris has said, I would love to see Messi and Argentina win the World Cup. So would I, mate. I think that would be a great story. It really is probably going to be his last World Cup because I think he'll be 39 at the next one, so I doubt he'll make it. So this is it for him. Uh, and that Argentinian squad are pretty good. They've, I think they're unbeaten in 30 games internationally, uh, which is only bettered by Brazil, who are un- unbeaten in about 35 at the moment, I think. So those are the two form teams. Thanks for your text, Chris. Oh, so what's the latest on Ronaldo, Rick Dog? Can't find part two anywhere from Brad. Uh, yeah, that is still to come. I think it might come out overnight tonight, actually. Uh, but yeah, I don't. it's not pretty. Um, now, the story that's come out of the UK is that George Mendes, who's Ronaldo's agent, and Ronaldo both met uh, people from Bayern Munich in England last week. Now, if if you read between the lines here, and a few people have said this, he's trying to get himself fired, right? He's trying to get himself fired. What happens if he's fired? Uh, well, he's a free agent. If he's a free agent, it doesn't cost teams any money to sign him because uh, they don't have to pay a fee, and then that money all goes into his pocket. So is this a ploy for him to get sacked by Manchester United, and then he can go on a free to buy a Munich, or guess what? in the Champions League, which is where he wants to be because he's trying to defend all his goal-scoring records from Lionel Messi, who's just behind him. Where's Lionel Messi? PSG, where are they? Champions League, that's where he wants to be. It's all starting to add up, Brad. It's all starting to add up. Uh, Paul McCulley has sent us through a text asking, 
about the Quaddy Crush. She said, uh, I joined the Quaddy Crush last night. When does the $100 come out of my account? Is it still in there? I don't know, Paul. I will find out for you. I will find out. For, in fact, Brian's chucking on the headphones. Uh, Brian, you're, you're flying solo in the kitchen today, mate. I know you got, uh, you, you're juggling a few plates, uh, but you got an answer here? Mate, uh, just call me here, Chef. Uh, yeah, so it will stay. Start. Um, the, I'm not sure when the money comes out, but I know that it starts once we get our allotted amount of people. Right. So once we, uh, I don't know how many have signed up yet either, but uh, the numbers look huge. But I do know that it starts once we have that pool full. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. So there you go. I hope that answered a few questions for you, Paul. And if you're wondering what the Quaddy Crush is, check this out. You can join the $50,000 SENZ Quaddy Crush thanks to TAB New Zealand, and you could win big. To celebrate the grand tour with our partners, TAB New Zealand, SENZ are creating our biggest ever Quaddy tipping series, and you can be part of it. Looking for 300 punters to sign up with a $100 TAB New Zealand stake, and then SENZ and the TAB will each top it up by 10000 each, creating a massive $50,000 Kitty, SENZ racing expert Louis Herman Watt will be placing quaddies on behalf of the Quaddy Crush team right across the Grand Tour event series and at the end all 300 Quaddy Crush participants will share in the final pool Quaddy Crush places are filling fast this is your last chance to join so sign up now to be part of that $50,000 Quaddy Crush Saturdays are for the punt, you know that by now so join us on The Good Oil for just that, The Good Oil each Saturday from 1pm on SCNZ Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. A couple of texts that it comes through. Uh, Cheers, lads. Just heard the answer from Paul. No worries, Paul. We do our best here, mate, to keep you informed um, with nearly correct information most of the time. Um, Also, it took two or three days for my money to come out of my TAB TAB account for the Quaddy Crush. That's from Richard, so I hope that helps, Paul. Uh, Thanks for your text, Richard, as well. Coming up in the next hour, we've got a panel. Our panel guests, David Long and Andrew Gordy. Going to be talking cricket, rugby league, football, tennis and more. And uh, up next, we're going to be talking to David Whiteman, the group director of RCL. And we'll talk about how Hanley's Farm got involved with New Zealand age group basketball. All of that and more coming your way after the latest in news and sport with Araha, which is right now. Fourteen seventy six AM in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Kelda, good morning. I'm Aroha Hathaway with SENZ News. Two people have been killed in an explosion in Pjavodu, a village in eastern Poland near the border with Ukraine. But the Pentagon said it can't confirm the reports that Russian missiles crossed into Poland and caused the explosion. US State Department Principal Deputy Spokesperson Vedant Patel on CNN. We have seen reports out of Poland. They, of course, are incredibly concerning. And we're working with our partners in the Polish government and our NATO partners to get more information and to assess. Latvia and Estonia have both declared in statements they stand with Poland. Back home, the principal of Horohoro schools disappointed. Christopher Luxon appears to be blaming principals for falling attendance numbers. Pat Newman on Hub. Well, I'm not like Mr Luxon and dropping in on one school and, say, and making such a statement abroad statement rubbishing um, a large number of hard-working people in the country. 
More details have been revealed by police on the Bexley Park attack in Christchurch. They say they're looking for a man in his 20s and a woman dressed in long white clothing. Detective Inspector Nicola Reeves on AM. We don't understand motive at this stage. It's unexplained. We don't know what's brought these people to cross paths. I gotta say it was a good day. Yep, all three of them, Ice Cube, Cypress Hill and The Game are coming through Aotearoa. Promoters say the show will be about six hours long. They'll head to Christchurch's Hagley Park March 31st and Auckland's Trust Outdoors April 1st next year. SCNZ Radio.NZ Sport next. Download the SCNZ app today and listen live or catch up on anything you missed from your favourite show. Tri-scoring machine Aisha Leti-Inga has recommitted to the Hurricanes, signing on with the Paua for Season 2 of Super Rugby Opiki, while Chelsea Bremner will transfer from Matatū to the Chiefs Manawa for the 2023 season. And New Zealand's Joseph Manu and Raisine McGregor capped stellar Rugby League World Cup campaigns by winning the Men's and Women's Golden Boots Awards. More inside 30 on SCNZ. All the big moments from the world of sport. SCNZradio.nz Morning cloud breaking up a few showers, some heavy in the afternoon. We've got a high of 23 and a low of 10. The FIFA World Cup starts next week and you can catch commentary of every game on SCNZ or on the SCNZ app. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's three past ten. Good morning to you here on SENZ. It is Mornings with Ian Smith. Smithy back in the chair tomorrow and uh, we'll no doubt hear lots of tales from that T20 World Cup excursion. He was away for a month there and uh, he is back for you officially from tomorrow. Coming up on the show, the panel at around 20 past ten. Andrew Gordy and David Long are going to join us. We're going to talk the Rugby League World Cup. We're going to talk Black Caps India. Kane Williamson being released by Sunrisers Hyderabad. Ronaldo versus Manchester United. Novak Djokovic being cleared to play in the Australian Open. And the continuing momentum for women's sport, particularly off the back of the Black Fern success at the Rugby World Cup. And speaking of women's sport, it's always good to have a good news story, isn't it? And here's one for you. Basketball New Zealand uh, have announced a naming rights partner for our under-15 girls national team. Um, Why naming rights partner? Well, the girls are off to Guam to play in a FIBA tournament, and if they are in the top two, they get to go to the world champs. And so coming on board uh, to be the naming rights sponsor for our national under-15 girls team is Hanley's Farm. And joining us, the group director of RCL, David Whiteman, who was uh, key in making this happen. Uh, Hanley's Farm, David Good morning to you. Uh, tell us a little bit about how this came about. Hey, good morning. Um, it, it came about we uh, were involved in sponsoring uh, basketball uh, across New Zealand. Uh, we've obviously got uh, investments with Otago um, Nuggets and Southern Hoya, and but we've also made substantial foundation investments in um uh, grassroots basketball in Queenstown and we do that because Henley's Farm is located in Queenstown it's a very big business in Queenstown and um, you know that's that's dealing with the grassroots side of it um, and then you know we're obviously the professional side with the Leo and uh, 
Otago Nuggets, but um, to really um, join the dots, I suppose, we want to show uh, our commitment uh, to the pathway, including the high-performance pathway. So, um, you know, the opportunity uh, was there. We were aware that the um, 15 worlds were going to be on and that, that New Zealand uh, would obviously be participant there. So um, we made contact and, um, and put forward the, the proposition. Um, obviously, getting to Guam is is not uh, an easy thing to do, particularly in the current environment with, um, you know, costs the way they are and things like that. So we wanted to make a foundation investment in, in that pathway and, and that's what we did. Mate, it's it's a great story, and it's it's great to have people like yourself and and, and large uh, you know I guess developers development sites like Hanley's Farm getting involved and and giving something back to the community. I guess my question for you is why basketball? Because I mean I know there's plenty of sports that are looking for funding. What attracted you particularly to basketball? You know, you got a child involved, or, or how did it work? Are you a, are you a super fan when it comes to basketball? Um, yeah, well, I'm certainly. Um as, as a family, we are in, in, involved in basketball uh, fairly heavily in Australia, and we have um, uh, similar uh, investments in Australia that we make as well. Um, but you know, it, it, the code in New Zealand is um, growing uh, very, very quickly, um, and um, you know, we obviously experience in Australia. It's, it's obviously a growing sport in Australia. Well, and it's, it's one of the largest. Um, uh, participation sports in Australia, particularly at the junior level, um, so we could we could see that you know, replicating itself um, in New Zealand, um, and we really wanted to be involved at the um, at the foundation level of that, um, and um, we knew that in the case of Queenstown, there wasn't um, a well established. Um, uh, framework um, for the code, so um, you know we started with Hellys Farm being in Queenstown. That that made it very easy. Um, the choice of basketball, yes, we've, we've been involved in it for, for quite a while out here, and um, family involvement, um, children who have been involved in it, one that's still going around um, at a fairly high level. So um, yeah, that's that's probably how we. Uh, got involved. I think that there are certainly a lot of sporting codes that um, would uh, likewise and similarly like to um, you know, have that kind of investment. Um, we don't just stop at, um, at basketball. We do make a number of community investments. Um, um, you'll see us involved in um, some charity work um, later later this year and early next year. Um, you know, when we come into a um, an area, we know that we're going to make a very substantial change because we're going to obviously bring a big um, you know, community subdivision into the area and that's going to change the existing community quite substantially. We uh, think that if we're going to do that, we need to make a more enduring um, investment in that community that goes uh, beyond um, you know, what we, we do as a business and uh, we like to do that through um, participation in community sport. Uh, we think that that's, um, that will make that enduring investment. Um, it, it makes us part of the community um, uh, and, um, and leaves a, you know, that longer impression.
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that you're involved with the Otago Nuggets, who of course SENZ are heavily involved with. Um, Hachi that owns SENZ also owns the Nuggets and the Perth Wildcats. Uh, you'll also be yep. aware that uh, in Queenstown next year in the uh, New Zealand Basketball League, uh, there's going to be an expansion team out of Queenstown. Are you, are you involved in that as yes. well? Uh, no, we, we're not. Um, we um, we started off with the Otago Nuggets um, several years ago, and you know I suppose overall we we, we generally have preference um, female participation um, sports um, on the female side of the, of the sports, and that's primarily I suppose um, because uh, it is. Um, female uh, sports seem to uh, struggle the most to raise um, funds and track sponsorship. Um, we started off with the Nuggets, obviously, which isn't because um, you know, there wasn't actually a, um, a WNBL uh, team um, that we could get on board with at the time that was within proximity to Queenstown. Um, along came the Southern Hoyas, so um, we were a foundation uh, sponsor uh, of them last year and, and continue to be a sponsor of them as well. And the, um, the Nuggets, um, they got involved with, um, you know, simply because we were looking for that way to um, get into uh, an, uh, making a foundation investment into the code um, at the time. So, um, you know, perhaps they were, they were fortunate, but uh, we stick with them and we'll stick with them. But, you know, likewise, we're have made um, and uh, will continue to make um, investment into uh, grassroots uh, junior basketball through the Otago um, through the Otago um, juniors programs and things like that. So you know we are across um, completely across the entire spectrum of um, of the basketball um, code. Um, you know if, if you're grassroots and you're just starting out and learning how to uh, dribble, pass and shoot or whether you're, um, you know, a professional uh, player, um, you know, we want to be involved yeah, um, and uh, we, we want to see the community um, have the opportunity to be able to participate um, with the right infrastructure and, um, you know, a sense of understanding what the pathway is and, and knowing that there's some support there. I know that you, this is a, a new investment for you in basketball in New Zealand. I mean, uh, the Tall Ferns are obviously uh, you know, our top team, uh, our national team. Uh, do you do you anticipate um, whether it be RCL or, or Hanley under the name Hanley Farms being involved with them at some point as well? Have you had those discussions with Basketball New Zealand? Uh, we haven't, although uh, the Tall Ferns were over here um uh, playing a uh, practice match circuit in the pre-season of the WNBL and I, I did hear that um, uh, that uh, people from the Tall Ferns said, well, gee, we'd like the sponsorship. <laughs> but uh, look, we'll see. Um, you know, we um, you know, we, we're certainly very focused on trying to uh, establish um, um, establish basketball in, in Queenstown and, and, and help set that up. Um, we obviously can't invest in everything, but you know we've, we've got an open mind. We'll look, at, we'll look around. Um, we're going to be in in New Zealand for a long time. Um, you know we are continuing to um, grow our business over there. Um, so um, yeah, look, I mean um, we'll, we'll we'll see what the the future brings in that regard. I'm looking at your uh, Hanley Farms 
uh, Hanley's Farm Queenstown website, mate. And it's a spectacular piece of land with that big uh, sort of ridge of, of of rock, that big mountain range behind, and then settling on the, on, on the water. Yeah, yeah, settling on the water there as yeah. well. And, I mean, it looks like a spectacular piece of land, mate. I mean, how big is that development going to be? Yeah, so, it, look, you know, it's, it's Queenstown, so everything is spectacular. Um, <laughs> True. But, um, it's, uh, it's going to be about uh, just under 1,700 lots. There's a uh, primary school there, childcare facility. Um, so, yeah, um, and it, it's, we're probably uh, three-quarters of the way through it now um, in terms of um, what we've got left to sell. Um, so... Um, it's it's a project we started in. Well, we started getting the planning together in 2013. We we came to market in 2016, and we thought we'd be still uh, actively involved in about uh, 2035. Um, so it's obviously um, uh, it's gone a lot better than uh, what we'd expected. Uh, we'll be finished there a lot sooner than we'd expected, but we've acquired a another parcel of land that we'll be looking to um, uh, undertake a similar um, development on uh, within the within that catchment. So uh, it is a it's a wonderful piece of land and it's been uh, very good to RCL. Um, we we uh, have been very focused on making sure that we have delivered uh, what we've promised uh, in terms of affordability and in terms of uh, community uh, infrastructure. We've got you know, wonderful. Um, uh, parks and playground facilities and recreational facilities there. Uh, obviously, we, we sold a piece of land to the government who have uh, built a, um, a primary school there and we've um, been supportive of that and, and made some investment um, there in the primary school as well because we want that primary school to be uh, the best that's uh, that's available. Um, so, yeah, look, it's it's been a fantastic project. We're very proud of it. Um, and, you know, we think that uh, it's, it's certainly filling a, filling a, um, a, a sector of the market that Queenstown um, has needed. Now, David, given your ties to basketball and the, the fact that you're building a, a new, uh, you know, a new subdivision, if you like, and you need need street names, I mean, are we going to see a Michaela Cox Drive or a Piero Cameron Avenue, or I mean, uh, are, are you are you are you following through on the on the basketball, uh, you know, sort of ownership of, of the area? Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? It'd probably be better if we had a Michaela Cox Stadium, I suspect. But, True. Um, look. Uh, you know, street names unfortunately are a discussion between us and, uh, and the local council. So, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see there. Um, but um, yeah, we don't we don't have uh, quite the uh, uh, quite the flexibility to do what we want. But uh, sounds like a good plan. Yeah, I like it, mate. I like it. Now, David, before I let yeah. you go, I do have to ask. I mean, you sound Australian, so I'm going to assume you're Australian. Uh, are you, yes. you, you the, I was I was I was googling you to find out more about your background before we got you on today and I found about a, high, a yeah. story about a high country farmer with the name David Whiteman in central Otago who was on a mission in 2009 to prove that the Black Panther existed in the uh, in, in the Canterbury mid country uh, any relation uh, must be my twin no uh I can't claim that one I'm afraid uh, I am Australian and I've never been uh I've never been uh, looking for Black Panthers uh, in New Zealand or Australia for that matter. All right. Okay. Good to know. Glad we could clear that up. 
Hey, David, thanks very much for your time today, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on getting involved and, and helping out our age group girls team uh, heading away to Guam uh, with Hanley's Farm. I, I know that uh, they will appreciate it. I think New Zealand Sport appreciates it as well, mate. And we look forward to hearing more of you uh, being involved with our SENZ Otago Nuggets as well, mate. Go well. Cheers, uh, David Whiteman there with us, the RCL Group Director, who are investing money in New Zealand age group basketball and helping our under-15 girls team get to the uh, Oceania Championships in Guam, where the top two teams then get to go to the under-16 Championships in 2023. It is 17 past 10 here on SENZ. When we come back, it's time for a panel with David Long from Stuff and Andrew Gordy from News Hub. In our tyre phone line, call Izzy and Kempi anytime. 0800 150 811. And remember, Kenna Tyre is making trade easy with a two-hour delivery promise and heaps more. Indian bowlers can fire in-swingers at over 150 k's. And the fans are louder than ever. India are coming. Are you ready? Catch Black Caps versus India, 18th to the 30th of November. Every ball on Spark Sport. Bailey's Real Estate is proudly 100% Kiwi-owned and operated. New Zealand's number one rural real estate team specialise in rural and lifestyle markets in every region nationwide. From dairy to horticulture, lifestyle to forestry, Bailey's are the experts in their field. So for local expertise and reach that's second to none, you're in altogether better hands with Bailey's country. Check baileys.co.nz forward slash rural or call 0800 Baileys. Baileys, all together better. Licensed under the REA Act 2008. Join the TAB and deposit $10 today and you'll get $50 in bonus bets. That's $50 of bonus bets to use on the cricket, Super Rugby, Netball, the NRL, or $50 in bonus bets for the basketball. No promo codes needed, just join the TAB today and deposit $10 or more. Get your $50 in bonus bets today. Visit tab.co.nz to join now. Please gamble responsibly, T's and C's apply. Live on Sky Sport, it's football's ultimate showcase. The FIFA World Cup kicks off November 21st. Catch all 64 matches live and on demand. Can the reigning champions France repeat in 2022? Is it time for Belgium to go all the way? Or could host Qatar spring a surprise? Find out in the FIFA World Cup, November 21 to December 19 on Sky Sport and Sky Sport Now. You need to subscribe to Sky Starter and Sky Sport or Sky Sport Now to watch this premium content. For details, see sky.co.nz. Ken! Yes? You stand before me today to take the Kenard Hire Customer Service Pledge, the Ken Oath. By taking the oath, you hereby pledge to help everyone, everywhere, make their job easy. What say you? Ken Oath? Ha! I can't hear you! Ken Oath! It's Ringers Western first ever online warehouse sale. Get up to 80% off. Wait, did he just say 80% off? Yes, I did. Up to 80% off 100,000 items on sale. Work shirts, boots, t-shirts, caps, jeans, jackets, and much more. All sizes, all the way up to 10XL, all price to go. Don't miss Ringers Western first ever online warehouse sale with up to 80% off. Only from the 18th till the 21st of November. Check Ringers Western. Western.com. Spring is in the air and there's no better time to get your property looking fantastic. 
From tractors to garden power tools, Kubota's range of mowing and lifestyle products has everything you need to get the jobs done. So, whether you're digging, mowing, trimming, or just a spring clean, Kubota delivers the reliability you need season after season. Check out the range at your local Kubota dealer today, or visit kubota.co.nz to find out more. Now a 15-second breathing exercise for calm and clarity. Breathe in for one, two, three, four. Hold, one, two, and out. Four, three, two, one. Repeat as required. Refresh your brain with Arepa's sparkling blackcurrant brain drink, designed and tested by neuroscientists. Find in store or search drink Arepa. With Bunnings Trade, it's fantastic that the guys deal with the store directly. It's made my life a lot easier. Bunnings having the full range at a good price with a good backup support and service. Why would I bother going anywhere else? Bunnings Trade. Helping business is our trade. In-depth one-on-one with Kiwi sportswomen, coaches and administrators doing great things around the world of sport. That's Trailblazers with me, Ricky Swannell, on ECNZ. From gold medalists like Emma Twigg and Zoe sadowski Sinnott, I catch up with athletes past and present, along with those doing great work off the field. It's open, honest and good fun with some amazing women. Join us for a great yarn on Trailblazers, Sundays at 10am and on demand on the ECNZ app. Speaking to the key figures who have the mail that matters. The mail that Saturdays from 8 on SENZ. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Opinions, the panel. It is at 10.23 here on SENZ and time for the panel. David Long from stuff.co.nz. G'day, how are you, mate? Hi, good, thanks, Kato. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. And Andrew Gordy from News Hub. How you doing, Gordz? Oh, not bad, Ricardo, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. Uh, let's start with the Black Caps. Uh, they named that squad to play India, three T20s, three ODIs. Uh, no Martin Guptill. No Trent Bolts, uh, I guess, uh, two of the big talking points in that one. And, of course, now this morning we get the news that Sunrisers Hyderabad have said uh, thanks but no thanks to Kane Williamson for the next IPL. Gord, so what do you make of that? Yeah, Rick, do you know what I'm finding really interesting about the world of T20 cricket in particular at the moment? It just seems to be this almost ageist complex uh, creeping into the game. It seems that there is no place for anyone over about the age of 30, um, no matter how experienced they are, no matter no matter what they have to offer, in favour of young, talented, uh, untried and untested players. And I'm just not sure why this seems to be happening. Look, I mean, let's just talk about Martin Guptill for a moment. I think it would be a, a travesty to be honest, if, if we don't see Martin Gaptill play for New Zealand again in either T20 or ODI cricket, I mean, this is a guy who has provided not only great service to the Black Cats, but has truly delivered some of the great iconic moments in our short-form history, I think. So if he is denied 
uh, that opportunity, I suppose, to say goodbye and, and thanks to New Zealand fans and, and vice versa, I, I just think that would be all sorts of wrong. Now, I'm not suggesting necessarily that that is definitely going to happen, but, you know, Gary, Gary Stead doesn't strike me as a guy who has a great deal of room for sentiment uh, when it comes to selection. Um, so that's Gutsall on one hand, and then you've got Kane Williamson, and this is a real interesting one for me. Like, again, it's, you know, Sunrise is bad. He's been there for, I think, about eight seasons or something. He's been a fantastic servant, been the skipper. Um, but they just seem to be saying, look, let's just, let's just put Kane aside and, and, and see what happens, I suppose, in the auction. And, you know, I heard you sort of mention before that, you know, perhaps they might dip their toe in and try and just, you know, perhaps test his market value more than anything else rather than saying, we don't want you anymore, which is, which is fair enough, I guess. But, I've said on this segment previously, I still think that Kane Williamson has, has plenty to offer. And I think you overlook experience at your peril. Um, because, you know, sure, maybe the stats don't don't stack up, but stats don't always tell the full story. Uh, they don't take into into consideration, I suppose, context of, of a particular innings um, or, or a number of innings. So I think you've got to be really careful making snap judgments based purely on on statistics, they only tell you half of the story. But yeah, there just seems to be a very concerning theme emerging there, not just with New Zealand, but but right across the cricketing world when it comes to T20 cricket. And I'm just not sure that it's the the correct way forward. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like T20 cricket's evolved away from uh, the ODIs and the Tests and is becoming a sport on its own and very much a young man's sport, David. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, that that is something that we're definitely seeing a trend towards. Uh, what have you made of this? Particularly, I mean, you know, as Andrew put it, the age, you know, you could talk about the ages and my guess of, of Gupdal and Gary Stead um, having that uh, sort of persona where he doesn't seem to sort of be that sentimental about, about things. But if that's the case, then how is Kane Williamston still in our T20 team at all? I mean, I know that uh, Andrew said, you know, you, you can't uh, just look at stats. But, I mean, if you look at stats over a long enough period of time, they do tell you a story. And that story last year in the IPL was a strike rate of 93 and an average of 19 uh, of players that had faced 100 balls or more in the IPL last year, he had the worst strike rate of anybody. Uh, surely that's got to be telling. I think so, yeah. I think we're seeing a change in the guards in the black caps, and, uh, which is probably called for considering that results haven't been as impressive lately as, as they have been in, in recent years. And I think if you look at Kane as well in the, in the, in the T20 World Cup, he's got a, plenty, you know, a few runs, but that was against teams like Ireland in in the big games that mattered, he was going about a run a ball, um, which which is not really um, you know up to standard for for a leading batsman, top order batsman in twenty twenty cricket this year. No, you know I think he's thirty two now, you know, and I just wonder is it is it time for him to sort of give up on one form of the game? Obviously, T twenty is the most lucrative, and that's the one that that um, that you, you try and do for the longest to, 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 for your bank balance. But um, I don't know if it's it's time for Kane to sort of to sort of move on from T20 and sort of concentrate maybe on Test cricket where there isn't that um, desire or necessity to score one so quickly. Whether he would want to do that, you know, I don't know. You see English players do it a lot more and Australia to some extent. We don't really see that with New Zealand's whether they give up one form of the game earlier in, earlier in their career. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's something that maybe Kane should maybe consider doing. Yeah, I, th- I think it's something that will definitely be questioned. And I, I suppose too, Andrew, the fact that VVS Laxman is coaching this Indian team uh, and he is also involved as an advisor for Sunrisers Hyderabad makes us uh, an interesting um, six matches that we've got on our on our doorstep. 
Yeah, it does make it intriguing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult, I suppose, uh, question for Kane, isn't it? I mean, David, like, like you say, maybe it is time for Kane to give up one of the formats. But who's going to tell Kane Williamson you should give up one of your formats? Like, that's really a question for him, isn't it? And, and look, maybe the, maybe the uh, decision will be made for him. If he's suddenly not selected in the Black Caps T20 squad and he doesn't pick up an IPL contract, well, the decision perhaps will be made for him. Um, but, yeah, just going back to the previous point, I suppose... I'm, I'm always a little bit concerned when you start promoting um, a prospect player mm. over someone who is proven at that level. Yep, maybe they're not offering you the numbers that they had previously or perhaps what the team needs, but surely playing regularly at international level and at the, the very peak sort of, sort of franchise level of cricket in the Indian Premier League, that sort of experience... Um, and, and regular experience, I suppose, tops, for example, any sort of uh, proven performance in the Super Smash, let's say. Um, how do you contrast and compare those two two formats? And I, um, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. And, and I'd be, I guess what I'm saying is I'd personally be reluctant um, to just throw out years of experience and, and, and proven performance at the top level uh, for someone who might be able to to do it at the, at the top level if they're given the opportunity. I'll tell you what is interesting, David, is the optics of this, because Crick Info, the way that they have reported this, here's your headline, Williamson wants exciting talent, Allen to gain more experience to continue an upward trend. That doesn't say Stead, it says Williamson. That makes it sound like this is Kane's decision. Well, yeah, that's, that's interesting as well, isn't it? You, don't, you wonder what's going on inside the team if, if it's coming across like that. Um, you, you also wonder what sort of spin gets put on things as well to make things look like, you know, in a positive way rather than, rather than a negative. So I'm not really sure how to touch that, to be honest. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. We'll have to see how that series develops because no doubt this is going to be talked about more and more as it goes on. Are we... Uh, ready for the latest in news and support from Aroha when we come back. The panel will continue. We'll talk rugby league, football, tennis and more. 1476am in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Taking SENZ news this hour, two people have been killed in an explosion in Szabodu, a village in eastern Poland near the border with Ukraine. There are reports... Russian missiles crossed into Poland, causing the explosion. The principal of a school in Northlands, disappointed Christopher Luxon, appears to be blaming principals for falling attendance numbers. An Ice Cube, Cypress Hill and The Game are all coming to Aotearoa next year. Promoters say the show, which will be about six hours long, will hit Christchurch March 31st and Auckland April 1st. SENZradio.nz Sport next. Download the SENZ app today and listen live or catch up on anything you missed from your favourite show. Try scoring machine Aisha Letiinga has recommitted to the Hurricanes, signing with the Paua for season two of Super Rugby Opiki, while Chelsea Bremner will transfer from Matatu to the Chiefs Manawa for the 2023 season. More inside 30 on SENZ. All the big moments from the world of sport. SENZradio.nz ADM, importing stock feed direct for your farm needs.
Morning cloud breaking up a few showers, some heavy in the afternoon. We've got a high of 23 and a low of 10. The FIFA World Cup starts next week and you can catch commentary of every game on SENZ or on the SENZ app. The Opinions, The Panel. Yeah, the FIFA World Cup not too far away. Uh, in fact, while we're while we're talking FIFA World Cup, let's talk uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United. Gordy, I know this is uh, close to your heart, close to mine as well. Um, I mean, doing this exclusive in inverted commas interview with a, an absolute plum like Piers Morgan has not done him any favours either. <laughs> um, but uh, the things he's saying, certainly, I think about ninety nine percent of the fan base are just about ready to burn their Ronaldo shirts, aren't they? Oh, I'd say most of them already have, mate. It's just, it's it's sad and it's pathetic is what it is. Um, and, and you and I both know, because, you know, I know you're obviously a United fan as well. Ronaldo's telegraphed this, that this interview was coming. He, he, he telegraphed this months ago. I'd be really interested to know actually when this interview was conducted, because I, I honestly think it may have been possibly up to two months ago. Um, he was he was loading his guns, just waiting for the right time to to release this. And I think he probably thought right ahead of the World Cup, um, when I'm going to have some space away from United, is probably the time to do it. But, but the thing is, so many of the things he says. Now I'll, I'll, I'll put a caveat on that. What he said about the Glazers is absolutely 100% bang on. But but what what he said about Eric Ten Hag is just a lot. Of, a lot of it's just a load of rubbish. Mm. Um, I think Ten Hag has actually been, you know. <laughs> All things considered, now, like, obviously Ten Hag hasn't been starting him every game. So, is that disrespectful, though? I, doesn't Ten Hag... So think about it from Eric Ten Hag's point of view. He's come into Manchester United. This is a massive opportunity for Eric Ten Hag in his career. And he's got to do what he thinks is right by him and his, his philosophy and his style of football. And quite clearly, and, you know, you and I both watch enough Manchester United to know that when uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's playing versus, say, when Anthony Martial is playing in the nine position, United play a completely different brand of football. Um, you know, Ronaldo is not interested in playing with his back to goal. That's exactly what, what Martial has been doing, and it's been reaping the rewards in, in many cases. Um, they've been getting a much better, um, much better result out of the front sort of three and four players around them, whereas when Ronaldo's playing, it's, it's all about Ronaldo. Get the ball to Ronaldo. Yeah, sometimes he scores goals, and he did that last year, but he, he hasn't really been doing that this year. And he is a fading force. And the, the reality is, and I've seen these suggestions that his, him and his representatives met with Bayern Munich. Honestly, that, that, I think that's a lot of rubbish. Um, it's been denied by, by sources close to the Bayern Munich camp. No one in the Champions League wants him, apart from maybe Sporting Lisbon, but they're not going to pay the sort of wages that he wants. But I, I really think it's got to the point where Ronaldo needs to accept that He's just not wanted. And the style of player that he is, teams aren't operating like that anymore. You know, back at, back maybe 10 or 15 years ago, teams used to build their team around a player. That just does not happen anywhere, anywhere anymore. Whether it's, whether it's Barcelona, whether it's um, Real Madrid, Manchester City. Like Manchester City have got Erling Haaland, but they've also got Phil Foden. They've also got Kevin De Bruyne. So they, they are a team. They are a unit. They don't funnel everything through one player or towards one player. And I just don't think Ronaldo can accept that the game, the European style of football, has moved past that. He is, he is a yesterday's man in terms of what he is, what he represents, and what he offers to any team. So I just think probably the writing is on the wall for him, and he probably needs to accept that his club future now is probably in either the U.S., 
or potentially in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, but uh, sadly for him, I, I think his time in European football is, is pretty much done. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, David, I don't know about you on, uh, in, in terms of what your take on this is, how much attention you've paid to it, but it certainly looks like the actions of a man who wants to be sacked. Exactly. Well, I'll, first of all, I'm still hurt and feeling the pain from Manchester United's 94th minute goal against Fulham at the weekend. But um, <laughs> moving on, it's, uh, I think Andrew's right. I think the future in the USA is is for is for Ronaldo. Um, I think it, his actions, you know, just is everything that's wrong with um, the high level to these top professional footballers that they can just demand what they want and things like this. But I also think Manchester United have got to take a lot of blame for this situation. It was clear when the transfer window was open um, at the beginning of the season that this is what the situation was going to be like with Ronaldo. They should have got rid of him then. What was the point in keeping them on when he w- he wasn't going to get picked a lot? Um, yeah. He he was obviously was unhappy at being at the team. Move him on then. Why should why do they keep him on for this time now? It did things daft and they but put themselves to, to some degree. Yeah, I why think, is that? I think Andrew's right. They couldn't because they couldn't find anybody that wanted they to couldn't. take him. Oh, okay. exactly that. Oh, well, they, they couldn't find. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's the thing. They couldn't find anyone who wanted him. Um, not only did they not want him, but no one wanted to go anywhere near his wages. His wages are astronomical. You know, there's only a, a, a select handful of clubs in the world, um, and, and you can probably name them on one hand, really, probably Manchester United, Manchester City, um, Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, and maybe I'll include Barcelona, although we know all about their financial issues. Um, but that's probably it. And if none of those clubs are willing to pay his wages... Um, what happens? He's, he's, he has no choice. So he's got to make a compromise somewhere, doesn't he? Either he's got to be prepared to move away or cut his wages significantly, and I mean significantly. He's going to have to not just cut them in half. He's probably going to need to cut them into about a quarter, I would have thought, um, if he's any hope of playing Champions League football. That seems to be what's really important to him, is getting back his Champions League record and making sure that come the end of his career, and more importantly, Lionel Messi's career, um, that he is at the top of the goal-scoring charts. And the way things are going, I mean, he's certainly not going to achieve that at Manchester United because, well, they're not in the Champions League. Um, but he's got to try and manufacture a move to a Champions League club. And I, I just don't think the market is there for him. Um, so there's got to be a compromise somewhere, either with wages or his ambition. Well, I think Manchester United might have to do that. One needs to see with a lot of other professional sports where they'll, they'll still continue to play 70% of his wages or something like that wherever he goes just to get him off the books and out of the club. Mm. And whoever picks him up will just pay a, a, you know, a small part of his wages. I thought, I thought this said everything. Uh, there was a, a, a tweet that was sent by a guy who works for BBC Manchester. He said, Ronaldo is right. United have invested in the wrong areas for far too long. Paying him £500,000 a week at his age is a prime example. Yeah, and that's really true, isn't it? I mean, you, you look at the circumstances around which um, Ronaldo came to Manchester United. Manchester United could not bear the thought of, of Ronaldo going to Manchester City. Now, I can understand that, but United have been scared into, into panic buys previously, haven't they? I mean, it happened with Alexis Sanchez. That caused an enormous problem in the Manchester United dressing room and, and with the club for an extended period of time because, again, they thought that Manchester City were going to pick him up. Um, but, but United have got to stop being scared by Manchester City. Just let them do their thing, um, and, and United have to basically, you know, plow their own their own row, I suppose. You know, it makes me think that Manchester City. And what they do. It makes me think that Manchester City played United on that. I doubt 
if you're Pep that you ever really wanted Ronaldo, but you're like, if we pretend we're interested, mm-hmm. they'll spend all their money there, and, and, and he's just sitting back laughing uh, on the other side of Manchester. Smart, it? Yeah, indeed. All right, let's move on, gentlemen, because we've got a couple of other things to get to. One of those I know will be close to your heart, David, and that is that Novak Djokovic has been cleared to play in the Australian Open. He's been granted a visa. Uh, did you think this would happen after what happened last January? Yeah, I did think so. I think, um, you know, I think everyone is, is changed, maybe sort of eased up on their views about, about people who aren't vaxxed as much as they used to be now that we're sort of moving on in the world. Uh, even though um, with Novak's de- deportation order, there was that threat about him being banned for a few more years from going into Australia. Um, I think I, it's still, I, I still, it's still, Thought that Novak's still not going to be loved. I think he's the damage he's done to his reputation over this, and he still starts on on anti-vax. You know, sort of means that you know he's still not going to be seen as uh, as popular as the likes of Nadal or or the other the leading players out there. And um, that's something that he's going to he's going to have to bear for the rest of his life, even though he, he doesn't like it. But I think it's um, uh, yeah, I think Irway sort of thought that he, he was a chance to play in it, and he does make it. This, this open a lot better this year because we've seen a we've seen a funny year in the men's tennis with the Grand Slam win, um, and it, you know, and I think if Djokovic if he hadn't taken this chance this year, then he could well he could well be the leading with the with the one with the most Grand Slams rather than Nadal mm. because he probably would have won Australian Open this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Andrew, I mean, you know, we uh, there was a lot of furor around uh, Novak at last uh, the last Australian Open. Um, are, are, are you glad to see him back? <laughs> That's an interesting way to frame the question. Um, I, I don't like Novak Djokovic at all, um, and so I, I'm neither here nor there about it. But look, when you consider where we were with the pandemic last year, I think it was absolutely the right call. I think Australia, you know, the Australian government was right to stick by their their guns, I suppose, and and not grant them an exemption. Um, this year, I think it's a different story. It would be very, very difficult to. Um, come up with an argument and suggest that uh, you know it's 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 uh, it's a danger to the Australian public if Novak Djokovic is allowed in the country. I just don't think that 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 stands up now. Um, and so it would have been a bit of a strange call, I think, and a bit of a I don't know, yeah, just a bit of an odd one, I think, if they'd decided to um, to, to you know keep him keep him at home. Um, and the, the reality is, he's one of the world's best players. Um, not necessarily one of the world's great people, but certainly one of the great players. Um, so I think it would be great, I suppose, to see him at a Grand Slam. And, and you know, like David quite rightly says, I mean, you know, this guy, um, in terms of Grand Slam titles, has, has the chance to be absolutely one of one of the all-time greats, uh, perhaps, perhaps the all-time great. So, you know, if he can do that in Australia, all power to him. Yeah, yeah, no, fair play, fair play. Uh, obviously, and Andrew Gordy, the uh, president of the Novak Djokovic fan club here in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, just before we finish, gentlemen, Rugby League World Cup is on at the moment. I always find this a bit weird. Uh, we haven't had the finals for either the men's or the women's competition yet, but they've already announced the uh, golden boot players of the tournament, Racine McGregor and Joey Manu. So uh, while I think it's strange, great that we've got two Kiwis uh, getting those awards, David. Well, full disclosure, I was on the judging panel for the, the men, so... Um, hey! Uh, yep. <laughs> so, um, Job well done. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it does actually uh, cover international rugby league for the entire year, not just the World Cup. So, I mean, that, that didn't that didn't mean very much this year, seeing as Australia didn't play and um, the Kiwi just had the one test against Tonga. Um, but I think... Uh, 
uh, Joey Mano, I think, I think we've been at FC outstanding. Like, if you just think back to the 400 or minutes he ran in that test against Hongaroa this year, and he's been a, he's been a stand up for the Kiwis during the World Cup. Um, but I think the Australian journalists in, on the panel for the Golden Boot, they were very much sort of in the view that Josh Adokar should have won it. Um, I'm not, obviously, he scored some incredible tries during the World Cup, but I think just for the contribution that Joey made, he deserved it. And with the women, I think um, Rachel McGregor, I think she's one of the sort of, I guess, one of the sort of unheralded um, New Zealand women um, in sport. I think what she's been able to do in, in rugby league and the way she plays is just absolutely incredible. I think the, the fact that she's, you know, she's based in Australia and she sticks with an Aussie accent means that she doesn't sort of get the profile in New Zealand that, that um, she would have got otherwise. But, um, you know, she's a genuine international superstar and the very best in the world at her game. And, um, again, I think she thoroughly deserves um, to win the women's golden boot. Yeah, Delhi M winner as well uh, in, in last season in the NRLW. Uh, Gordy, uh, good news for New Zealand rugby league. It's just a pity that the Kiwis uh, uh, were on the same side of the draw as the Kangaroos because it felt like that was probably the final. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. Totally agree, and look, I'm I'm still I'm still gutted actually about the Kiwis not getting up over Australia. Gee, they ran them close, um, and you know I, I'd have to say I'm, I'm pretty confident that uh, Samoa won't won't run Australia uh, as close as, as the Kiwis did, and it's and it's sad in that regard. But really pleased for Racing McGregor and for Joe Manu, uh, two outstanding players, and and look. Racing McGregor has obviously um, already had some of that recognition, I suppose. But I- I'm not sure that... And I'm pleased that Joey Manu's got this recognition because I, because he's not the player, I suppose. It's not like he's played an NRL grand final winning teams uh, uh, in recent years or anything. So um, it feels to me as though I- I'm not quite sure that he gets the recognition he deserves often. I-, I think he's truly one of the most outstanding players in the NRL, week in, week out, I mean, we, we see it, don't we, for the Roosters. He is such a tremendous talent. Um, but he's obviously in a team that of, of talented players, so it almost feels like he's not made out to be the star of that Roosters team, if, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm pleased to see that he has got this recognition um, on the world stage in terms of uh, winning this award. It's a shame, though, that the Kiwis weren't, you know, weren't in, into, a, into a grand final and potentially the chance for him to... You know, raise the World Cup and potentially be the, the player of the match in the in the final. But um, yeah, unquestionably, two outstanding talents, and I think uh, you know New Zealand rugby league can be very proud that they've uh, they can say that they've got the two best in the world. Yeah, indeed. All right, gentlemen, thanks very much for your time on the panel. Go well and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, eh? Thanks a lot. Cheers, Cheers. Thirteen away from eleven here on SENZ. Saturdays are for the punt. You know that by now, so join us on The Good Oil for just that. The Good Oil, each Saturday from 1pm on SCNZ. Head to Chemist Warehouse and save on big brands like Blackmore's Vision Care Plus Energy, 30 capsules, $24.99. Or Raisin 10 milligrams, 90 tablets, $15.99. Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Did you know you can catch all our SCNZ shows podcast style? Listen to Staffy in bite-sized chunks. No, don't mind a debate. We don't get personal. Or dive in and listen to the full show. If Izzy and Kempe are more your cup of tea. I don't know, what do you reckon, Kempe? Are you surprised by that? But you want to have them with your afternoon tea. No worries. Listen to the full show, individual interviews, or even just Kempe's latest rant from off the back fence. Winning a premiership has to be the number one criteria. You can do it all on the SENZ app or wherever you get your podcasts. The best way to predict the future is to create it. 
At Findex, we provide you with access to a range of experienced advisors. So whatever your story, you can feel confident about your financial wealth. From small business to large enterprise to individual wealth management, Findex cover all your financial needs in one place. With over 20 offices around New Zealand, you are never far from the expertise of a local Findex advisor. Get in touch today at findex.co.nz. There are some things you just can't do with Cigna Life Insurance, like ensure your favourite team wins their next match. However, there are certainly many things you can do with Cigna Life Insurance, like protect your loved ones. Cigna Life Insurance can help you to always be there for your family financially, even if something were to happen to you. Cigna, for life on the go. Search Cigna for an instant quote. Yes? You stand before me today to take the cannot hire customer service pledge, the Ken Oath. By taking the oath, you hereby pledge to help everyone everywhere make their job easy. What say you? Ken Oath? Ha! I can't hear you! Ken Oath! Bailey's Real Estate is proudly 100% Kiwi-owned and operated. New Zealand's number one rural real estate team specialise in rural and lifestyle markets in every region nationwide. From dairy to horticulture, lifestyle to forestry, Bailey's are the experts in their field. So for local expertise and reach that's second to none, you're in altogether better hands with Bailey's Country. Check baileys.co.nz forward slash rural or call 0800 Bailey's. Bailey's, altogether better. Licensed under the REA Act 2000. Here, let's get one thing straight. You think you know the fox. No, you don't. You're thinking the old fox, my old son. The new fox is a funky new London pub down on the Vardarks, where you can sit from the gin tree, the best tree of all, as well as wolfing down a British roast and even downing a pint with old mate Winston. Churchill, that is. In fact, the Churchill room is perfect for any event, big or small. It's your own private room with a bar and outdoor area. Old mate would love that. The Fox. Now you know. Sport. It improves lives for the players and the fans cheering them on. It's the same in business. Enterprise recruitment are in business to improve life for both our clients and job seekers. Specialising in a range of work types, including professional and industrial roles, Enterprise knows that when we work together, things get better for everyone. Enterprise recruitment. In business to improve lives over 50 years. To learn more, visit enterprise.co.nz. Fox Game Changing Engine Oil. Titan GT1 Flex 23 SAE 5W30. With loads of approvals, it's perfect for many petrol and diesel engines. Fox Lubricants, German technology that pays back. Fox.co.nz. What is the best thing about the warmer months, do you reckon, boys? Got to be the water warming up, Daggy, so my knees don't freeze over while I'm carving the coasts. Watch out, Kelly Slater. For me, is it's going to be the tracks drying out and the fast racehorses coming back. What about you, mate? Oh, it has to be the longer days, getting the barbecue roaring with the Fano having a couple of quiets with the races on. Winter, get out of here. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast weekdays from six, giving you the warm and fuzzies. Every week I catch up with Kiwi women doing great things in the world of sport. Join me, Ricky Swanell, 10am Sundays for Trailblazers on SENZ. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
Then your favourite sports, download the TAB app today. And from the TAB, Pip Morris joins us. G'day, Pip, how are you? I'm good, Ricardo. How are you this morning? Yeah, good, mate. Have you just about recovered from uh, from Cup Week last week? <laughs> I have. I've bounced back to normal, thank, thank goodness. That'll be a once a year thing for Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the detox diet starts now. Uh, what, have, what have you got um, lined up for the TAB today, mate? What's uh, What's big on your agenda? Oh, we've got Rangiora Hart, uh, Gallop to look forward to, plenty going on there, our late quaddy as well, guaranteed, and then of course Palmerston North Greyhounds today, it's only a 10 race card, Ricardo, I just think, have a look at Lisa Cole's ones that are short, multi them up, they do look the winners on paper, and the sports side of things, we've had some nice bets come in this morning for the league, I can tell you, been 4,500 put on Australia, Head to head at a dollar ten this morning, and also three point four k put on Samoa at seven dollars and fifty cents. Ricardo and look, Samoa are really popular just in the head to head betting as far as the bet count goes as well. Yeah, wow. Uh, what's the point start there? Uh, I haven't got it in front of me to be completely. Honest oh, sorry, with you. mate. I to drop you in it. Hang on, let me see if I can bring it up. Uh, the point start is da 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 da. Drum roll, please. Seventeen and a half at a dollar eighty seven. I don't mind that. I thought tomorrow were blimmin' great against England. I mean, Australia favourites, deservedly so, but, gee, they're tenacious and they'll be wanting it. So that's not a, that's not a bad point started, I think. No, the Blue Panthers of Samoa, Pip's team at the World <laughs> Cup final. Get amongst it. Exactly. And we've got some nice um, basketball things for you today as well, I can tell you. Some really nice power plays, Ricardo, that have been popular. And don't forget, too, with the TAB, if you, whatever team you like, if they are leading by 12 or more, at halftime, we'll pay you out as a winner. So that's a really nice incentive to get involved. And there's Newell and uh, Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies. Stephen Adams, 10 or more rebounds. And the Grizzlies. Get our tyre phone line. Call Izzy and Kempe anytime. 0800 150 811. And remember, Kenard Tyre is making trade easy with a two-hour delivery promise and heaps more. We all know Kiwi farmers like things to be straightforward. That's why you need ADM, global leaders in importing quality stock feed. They keep things straightforward by supplying cost-effective stock feed direct to your farm with a comprehensive range of quality supplementary feeds to support balanced nutrition. Local knowledge, global support. Keep things straightforward. Call ADM 0800 123 753 to talk about the right feed mix for your farm. ADM, understanding New Zealand farmers. Get your pulse racing with Harness Racing. HRNZ.co.nz is the home of Harness with industry info, previews, tips, profiles, fields, expert analysis and much more. You'll be able to keep up with every meeting, every race. And if you want the action, get to the trots. See the four-legged athletes and the flying sulkies. There's nothing quite like it because Harness Racing is where excitement lives. So set the pace with NZ Harness Racing. For everything Harness Racing, visit HRNZ.co.nz. Tennis fans, it's time to book your spot for AO23. The Australian Open gets more amazing every year. The action, the stars, the entertainment. Melbourne puts on a show like nowhere else with world-class eateries and off-court experiences just a stone's throw away. At AO Travel, they're the Australian Open experts. Get closer to the action on and off the court, get the best seats in the house and pick and choose the matches, tickets and hotels that you want. Talk with the experts and book now at ozopentravel.com No time for dinner because the big game's on Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery Dinner sorted and you won't miss a thing That's a real win-win McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door Ba-da-ba-ba-ba Football is here 
Here is the new Liberty A-League women's season, live and loud. Here is where greatness is witnessed, and Matildas are made. Here is where words happens. And here is where generations are inspired. Kicks off 19th of November. Experience it live. Search A-League's tickets. Sports fans know there's nothing like the thrill of live sport. And here in New Zealand, when you want to get the best access to the best sporting events, talk to Ballpark Entertainment. All Blacks, horse racing, cricket, basketball, super rugby, NRL and more. Hospitality packages, corporate suites, ticketing and money can't buy experiences. At Ballpark Entertainment, we make memories. Search Ballpark Entertainment at scnzradio.nz. Live ball-by-ball coverage of our Black Caps, brought to you by Rosine Paints, proud partner of ECNZ cricket coverage. Bolt delivers and Hope struck on the ball. him again! Goodness me! Rosine Paints, made right here in New Zealand for New Zealand conditions. Manage your people easy with MyHR. Get contracts, leave, onboarding and performance sorted. Centralise workforce data in the cloud and go paperless with employee self-service. Integrate with best-in-breed apps for payroll and ATS. Run any process from hiring to firing with an HR expert backing you. And get on-call advice whenever you need it. All-inclusive, no-lock-in contracts. Go to myhr.works for more. That's the sound of home. A house built with expert care and attention by Generation Homes isn't just a house, it's a home. A place that sets the stage for the rhythm of your life, whatever that may be. With agreed timeframes and fixed prices, building with Generation Homes is easier than you might think. Text GENERATION to 3001 to start today or visit generation.co.nz. Generation Homes, making building easy. The 2022 FIFA World Cup kicks off November 21st in Qatar and right here on SENZ. Group A features the hosts who will have a battle on their hands to progress against a talent-laden Dutch squad that includes Barcelona's Memphis Depay. Senegal also feature in Group A with African Footballer of the Year Sadio Mane leading the line while the fourth side in the group are Ecuador who took points off Brazil and Argentina in qualifying. Who have you got? Lock us in on the dial and download the SCNZ app so you're ready for kickoff. The 2022 FIFA World Cup, right here on SCNZ. Those loose units on the good oil better start getting their iron sooner rather than later. The good oil from 1pm every Saturday on SCNZ. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Yes, uh, before we cut Pip off uh, with the ads, uh, she was talking about a Stephen Adams option that the TAB had today because uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are in action against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, They have this boosted option, which is really good. Uh, Stephen Adams, 10-plus rebounds and a Grizzlies win. It was paying three eighty, but they've boosted it another $0.70 and now paying $4.50. The head-to-head on that one, the Pelicans at $1.59, the Grizzlies at $2.30. Promotions in play in hundreds of sports markets to choose from, visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Coming up after 11 o'clock, your chance to win with a TAB bonus bet and stumped and we're going to do a deep dive into the FIFA World Cup and go through all the groups with Adam Summerton from BT Sport in the UK. 
1476am in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Kia ora, good morning. I'm Anwar Hathaway with SENZ News. Russia's Defence Ministry has denied reports that Russian missiles hit Polish territory, killing two people. Russia described the reports as a deliberate provocation aimed at escalating the situation and said the wreckage reportedly found at the scene had nothing to do with Russian weapons. Back home, police are on the hunt for a man in his 20s who was wearing a high-vis shirt and a woman who was dressed in long white clothing after a savage attack in Christchurch's Bexley Park on Monday. A man walking his dog was savagely stabbed early in the morning. Detective Inspector Nicola Reeves says the attack was fast and furious on AM. The attack in terms of time frame has probably taken about a minute, um, but it is sustained in terms of the force that he suffered and the stab wounds. I'm not going to talk about where they are on his body, other than that he is in a critical condition. He's fighting for his life. Health officials will be updating the country on our COVID response today. Daily COVID-19 cases topped 4,000 for the first time in three months yesterday and it remains unclear when this third wave will peak. Health officials talk to the media at around half 12. And Donald Trump's expected to announce he'll be running for president again. His press conference happens at three this afternoon. Former Vice President Mike Pence, once a staunch Trump backer, was asked if Trump should ever be president again on ABC. I think that's up to the American people. But I think we'll have better choices in the future. For me and my family, we'll be reflecting about what our role is in that. ECNZ Radio.NZ Sport next. Download the SENZ app today and listen live or catch up on anything you missed from your favourite show. Canada's Félix Auger-Aliassime has left Rafael Nadal's title hopes at the ATP finals in tatters as he beat the struggling Spaniard 6-3, 6-4 in round-robin action at Sudin's Pala Alpitua Stadium. And the football ferns managed to hold on to a one-all draw against South Korea overnight in Christchurch. Victoria Essen on News Hub. Really left all that on the pitch today and, you know, we, we came away disappointed on Saturday and we worked on a couple of things which I think we executed fairly well today. It's a positive step forward for us and I look forward to the next tour. More inside 30 on SCNZ. All the big moments from the world of sport. SCNZ Radio.NZ. Morning cloud breaking up a few showers, some heavy in the afternoon. We've got a high of 23 and a low of 10. The FIFA World Cup starts next week and you can catch commentary of every game on SENZ or on the SENZ app. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Ian Smith, Ricardo Wall in for Smithy, who is back for you tomorrow. Back from his uh, World Cup sojourn, no doubt there'll be a ton of stories to go with that. Joining me now, though, uh, to talk a different World Cup, the FIFA World Cup starts Monday morning New Zealand time, is Adam Summerton, uh, football commentator out of the UK. Good morning, Adam. How are you? Good morning, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to chat, mate. Good to chat. A World Cup uh, on our back doorstep, of course, uh, not too far away from kicking off. Uh, I've got to say, uh, Qatar-Ecuador doesn't quite drum up some of the opening matches that we've had in the past World Cup, but <laughs> hey, I suppose you've got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. What one of my children was saying to me, what's the opening game out of the World Cup? And I said Qatar-Ecuador, and then 
I got a, a fairly muted response. Yeah, it, it isn't. It, it isn't a, a huge draw, is it, for the opening game? But yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to. I'm actually quite curious to see Qatar because I don't. I mean, not a lot of people know a great deal about them, if we're honest, do they? Unless you've really gone out your way to study them and find out about them. So I know that in in the run up to the World Cup over the last couple of years, they have picked up some pretty surprising results. So it, it will be actually as much as yeah, it isn't an eye catcher, is it? But it will be nice to see the host in action, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I had a look at some of the uh, the games that they have had recently, and they they have done okay, but not great. I mean, they drew two all with Chile, is probably their best recent result, but they've lost 2-0 to Canada. They lost 3-0 to the Croatian under-23s, which is obviously their Olympic team. They've drawn one all with uh, uh, Jamaica, and they've lost to Ghana A as well. Oh, sorry, beaten Ghana A. So they're not exactly set the world on fire, but they should be competitive. Well, and they they will play a nice brand of football as well because the, the guy who's in charge, Felix Sanchez, he worked at Barcelona's La Masia Academy, people might be aware, and he was there for a long time, actually, um, from the, the mid-90s to 2006, so very much schooled in the Barcelona way of playing. So you know that's clearly going to have an influence in that respect on the side. So that's another thing that could mean that they might be quite attracted to watch, actually. So, um, yeah, we'll see what we get from them. But I, I am quite intrigued knowing that there's somebody who's so schooled or so learned in that side of the game is is going to be in charge of them. That's, that should make them interesting to watch as well. Yeah, I, I guess it all comes down to the cattle he's got to work with, and they have imported a lot of that. I, I think um, 10 of the starting 11 <laughs> for the last game weren't born in Qatar, so they've naturalised a lot of guys through yeah. their Aspire Academy, haven't they? Absolutely, yeah, that has been a, a big part of it. Um, yeah, and, and he's been very much involved in that as well, Felix Sanchez. So, yeah, it, I, I suppose <laughs> for, from my part of the world, it, it makes me think of uh, the Republic of Ireland and Jack Charlton and that type of situation, but uh, it brings back memories of the past. But, yeah, I mean, I suppose that they've, they've, got, they've had to try and make them competitive because, as we all know, every World Cup I can ever remember has benefited from the host being in it as long as possible. It just helps the whole competition, doesn't it? If the, the home side have a good run, if they go out very early in the group stage, which I suppose there's still every chance they will, it's it's not often great for the tournament, is it? You you want the, the home nation to be a good story, really, for the health and the good of the tournament. So let's let's see what they can do. Yeah, the opening games against Ecuador, who obviously uh, qualified out of South America, they took points off both Argentina and Brazil. And I think, if I'm right in saying in 2019, they were the South American under-20 champions Ecuador. So we're starting to see that generation come through. So uh, the Ecuadorians might be a bit of a dark horse in this group. Of course, Senegal and Netherlands also in it. And they're probably the two teams you look at and think will progress. Yeah, I mean, Ecuador, uh, not really one of the more fancied sides from, from that part of the world in, in terms of, the, of going a long way in the competition. But I do think they'll have players who can surprise people. There's a lot of speed about their side. There's a fair degree of physicality as well. Um, a player that people may well know about is um, the Brighton midfielder, um, Moises Caicedo. He plays in a defensive midfield role. He certainly encapsulates to the, the qualities there that I mentioned, that physicality, 
speed across the ground as well. Um, they've, they've got players dotted about some of the European leagues, so I think they will be competitive, yeah. Yeah, uh, Senegal, a lot for them will depend on how fit Sadio Mane is. He went down against, uh, you know, playing for Bayern Munich a week or so ago, has been named in the team, but, I mean, he's key for their success, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, and, and we're talking here about the, the reigning uh, Africa Cup of Nations champions as well. So they have to be taken seriously, you know, and they've got some good players too. Certainly doesn't uh, end um, with Sadio Mane. You've got Khalidou Koulibaly, who's maybe had a difficult start to life in the Premier League, but was, I mean, he's, he's got legendary status at Napoli where he was for so long. So, you know, the, the, in him, they've got a real leader, somebody who they can rely on in terms of um, uh, those leadership qualities and, and, and certainly defensively as well. He's a big factor in them playing out from the back. I mean, he's somebody who, again, it's a bit strange really in that Chelsea, he's got a reputation as somebody who's not good on the ball, but I, honestly, that couldn't be more... It's the polar opposite, really, that I've noted from watching him at Napoli over the years. Completed so many forward passes. You know, the sort of defender who will look to play it out into the midfield with precision. Um, so, so he will be really important. And as I say, you know, it, we'll see how fit Sadio Mane is. But you, you're absolutely right to highlight the fact that, that he is really important to them. And you know, they have other players as well who, who I think can, can play a big part in his absence. But he's... I mean, he's a real world-class player, isn't he? They really need to be able to rely on. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, the Dutch are probably the favourites to win the group. Uh, Louis van Gaal coaching this team. Um, and it's a quite a young team, but a lot of promise. And you look at the starting 11, the first you know, the first choice 11, I guess you would say, for the Dutch, with guys like uh, Memphis Depay, Virgil van Dijk, Cody Gakpo, etc. Uh, if they can keep that team fit, they could go deep in this tournament. Yeah, they're an intriguing prospect because obviously they're led by a very experienced coach in Louis van Gaal who's overcome uh, a serious illness to be part of all this. People might not know, but he was diagnosed with cancer um, not that long ago, actually, and has been sort of fighting in private and has has managed to get well enough to be able to take the team to Qatar, which is is an unbelievable story in itself. But um, in terms of a couple of young players that that are going to be in the squad, Cody Gakpo, who just mentioned, and Xabi Simons, they're both at PSV. I actually went out to Eindhoven um, a month or so ago and watched them against Arsenal. They were both really good on the night. They've had exceptional seasons. They'll provide some X factor. I think Gakpo's a more likely starter maybe than Simons. We'll see on that. But there is, it looks like he might play with a back three. I know they haven't done for a while, but then towards the end of the qualification process and just recently, they have been playing with the three. Um, so obviously Virgil van Dijk will be the, the main man in that, but they are blessed in terms of having a depth in, in quality in terms of centre-backs right now. That said, they do lead quite a few goals, um, so maybe he wants to play three at the black, back to, to, to counteract that a little bit and try and make them that a little bit more solid. Maybe he just feels it will get the best out of the players that, that they have as well around the side. A bit of a worry is the centre-forwards. I know they've got Veghorst there, um, who's a very tall target man. They've got Memphis Depay who can play centre-forward. But when you remember great Dutch sides of the past, great centre-forwards that they've had, you know, people like Van Nistelrooy and Van Persie, they don't really have anybody like that right now. And I wonder whether if we get beyond into the latter stages of the competition, whether that's something that could catch up with them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, actually. All right, uh, who have you got going out of Group A, mate? Are you, you're going the Dutch and Senegal? 
Yes, I would, yeah. I think it's going to be as much as, you know, as I said earlier, for the tournament, it would be good if the hosts got out of the group. It's very difficult to make a case for them. And I think that whilst, yeah, I mean, Ecuador have got good players who they've got plenty dotted about the European leagues. I just don't think that either of those nations have got the 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 X factor or the the depth of quality that Senegal and, and Netherlands have. So yeah, I, I would say they would be they would be the top two. Yeah. Group B, of course, England is uh, the top team in that group with Iran, USA, and the Welsh. Feels very much like it's England's group to lose in a in a three way battle for second place. It does, but their famous last words when you're an Englishman like me. <laughs> um, I don't think it's anything that we can take too for granted. I think clearly when you've got um, you know an all-British affair against Wales, that's almost like a local derby. And we know that in, when it, it is a local derby, that to a degree, you know, form goes out the window, to use an, a footballing cliche. So, um, you know, Wales have, whilst yes, on paper, England are the better side, as we saw it, at the European Championship when they came up against each other when, um, if memory serves me right, England won that in added time, didn't they? And and it was the Welsh that went further in the competition. They got to the semi-finals. Um, so, yeah, nothing can be taken for granted against the Welsh. You know, if Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale and one or two others are, are on their game, particularly Bale, then they will be a, a difficult proposition. Iran, for me, are the weakest team in the group and, and England should, you know, all things being well, comfortably beat Iran. Um, although again, they do they do have one or two players that that might catch the. I think the, the Iranian situation has been affected in the lead up to this politically as well, because you might be aware of the ongoing situation in the country right now. I think that's been a real difficult distraction for them in the lead up to this. So that that is a difficult situation for the coach to to have just in the lead up to a major tournament. But I, I guess with the USA as well, I mean they they're a side who. Um, I, I would be a little bit worried about facing again. England should beat them, but you know you can get someone like Pulisic, who's maybe feels he's got a point to prove up against uh, you know England be, being playing in the Premier League and, and has struggled really in the Premier League of late, and it's not turned out to be a great move for him to Chelsea. So he's the star man for the USA, and as I say, he might feel that he's uh, he needs to redress the balance slightly in opinions on him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops out of there. So England and then a, a, a really a toss of the coin between US and Wales is what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, that that would be my guess. But um, again, I'd stress that from an England perspective, I, I don't think anybody's getting carried away here. I and mean, we've, we've, we've been there with the USA in the past. And remember the Rob Green incident those years ago. What was that, about a decade ago now? Um, so, you know... There have been slip-ups against nations like this in the past, so England will have to tread carefully, but you would ex- you would expect England to win that group. They would have to be the favourites. Yeah, and, and like that in Group C, Argentina, favourites over the Saudis, Mexico and Poland, um, probably between Mexico and Poland for second place? Yeah, I would say so. I don't think that Poland may be as strong as they've been at majors because they've qualified for several major tournaments in a row, the Polish, they've done really well. I mean, you could argue they're punching above their weight. Lewandowski's a big part of that. I think Zielinski at Napoli is a wonderful footballer. Um, they've got others there as well, but there's a little bit of a changeover with, with Poland. Uh, as I say, I'm not convinced that they're quite as strong as they have in, in more recent tournaments. But if you've got Lewandowski, you've got a chance, haven't you? Uh, and as I say, Zielinski, there's others I could mention as well. I think they will be a, 
a decent side. Uh, Saudi Arabia, I have to be honest, I've not seen a great deal of. Uh, Argentina, the huge favourites for, for that group. Yeah, a team that are very capable of going on and winning it. The thing with Argentina, though, Ricardo, is the pressure on the players going into this. When you know they haven't won the World Cup since '86, and the fact that this is likely to be Messi's final shot at it means that, as I say, the pressure for them to deliver in this tournament is, is immense because Messi would be 39 come the, the 2026 World Cup. So it, it is probably his last opportunity. So he's looking to, you know, he's going to be looking to players like Dybala and, and Lautaro Martinez in particular to deliver the goods. Angel Di Maria will be in the squad. Paredes will be in the squad. You know, there is a great deal of quality in there. You know, look at Premier League the centre-backs like Romero, Martinez, Otamendi, a former Premier League centre-back, will be there as well. They are pretty stacked in terms of their squad. And I think a lot of people think that they are going to go very deep into the competition. Yeah, and then we look at Group D and the French headline that with Australia, Denmark and Tunisia. Um, I have heard a couple of French journalists say that they think there's every chance that the French implode in this in this World Cup uh, because of the politics, internal politics, but it's hard to see them not getting out of this group. You would expect them to get out of the group, but I understand the reasoning behind the fears of another meltdown in terms of the personalities within the group. I mean, we saw that at the last major tournament at the European Championship, and they can at times be their own worst enemy. And I think I've, I've said to you in the past, you and I have discussed the French national side before, and I think one of the biggest problems that Didier Deschamps has is the sheer depth of quality that he has, because that actually creates, in a way, a problem for him. Because it's so hard to get the right blend, to pick the right 11, because it, they could pick two or three 11s and they'd all be strong. So to get the right blend and the right balance and keep all those huge egos and personalities happy is a really difficult balancing act for Didier Deschamps. And, and it, it's about managing um, personalities, managing egos. That's a huge part of, of what he's got to do. It's, and so I, I, I tend to understand where they're coming from in that respect. So... It'll be, there's no doubt for me that in terms of the European squads, France for me are are the the, the favourites of the European. I actually think I would put Brazil as my favourites to win the whole thing. Mm. But if you're looking to pick a favourite of the European nations, it's very difficult to look beyond France right now. That they are absolutely stacked in just about every position. They've got a, a wonderful array of players all right throughout the side. Ball in for you. We're talking the World Cup, FIFA World Cup kicks off on Monday. Adam Summerton from BD, BT Sport. Uh, group E, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany and Japan. Would have been the group New Zealand was in if they could have gotten past Costa Rica in the qualifying, but you know, it would have been a quick plane trip home, I think, looking at that squad, mate. Uh, that Looking at that group, I should say. And for all money, looks like really a, a Spain-Germany shootout. It should be, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't totally rule out Japan. I, I think that there's that there is you know some quality there. Um, they they intrigued me quite a bit actually, Japan, as to what they could do at this tournament. Certainly, uh, I, I'm not sure that Germany are quite as strong as maybe they've been in in the past. There's a bit of a transitional element for me to to Germany right now, and they could be. I, I think. I think Spain will be fine, but uh, just a slight concern over Germany. I'm, I'm quite intrigued to see how they do at uh, this competition. I, I don't know if that, that's been your take as well, but 
I, I just think that, that if Japan would be the side that I would worry about if I were Germany right now in terms it could possibly cause them problems in that group. Well, Germany don't look like they've got a lot of goals in them and that's probably not helped with Timo Werner going out injured. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That That is definitely a problem for them. Now, you know, will Havertz start? I mean, that's another question because um, there's Fulkrug there as well. He's been scoring a lot of goals in the Bundesliga and has got himself into the squad now. He might not be as big a name as maybe Havertz who scored a winner in a Champions League final, but it's hard to look at Havertz and say that he deserves to be a nailed-on starter, doesn't it, for the side, when you look at his form for Chelsea. Um, and then you've got a guy who's scoring regularly in the domestic top flight. He may well go with Havertz, but I think that's an intriguing that's an intriguing situation for me as to who they... In, in a side that, as you rightly say, doesn't look like it's absolutely blessed with goals, certainly not natural goal scorers anyway. That, that's going to be a big question mark for me as to who leads the line. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they do, the, the Germans. They've got a lot of, of pieces, but they don't seem to have them in the right place at the moment. I think you're right. I think if you're looking for a group upset, then possibly Japan and Spain to go through there and the Germans to go out early. Uh, in Group F, Croatia, no one's talking about the Croatians. They were finalists at the last World Cup, and they've still got Luka Modric, and the players around them, it looks like they're actually probably stronger than last time, and they're in a group with the Belgians, who look to be a fading force really outside of Kevin De Bruyne, Canada, and Morocco. Yeah, I, I also like the look of Croatia, and they, you know, they get underestimated every tournament, it feels like, doesn't it? And you look at Luka Modric, I mean, he's ageless, isn't he? I mean, it's just only have to look at his performances in the Champions League last season, won the Champions League last season, has just been part of that Real Madrid side for so long now and just shows no real signs of slowing down. But, you know, another one that uh, at the other end of the age spectrum that people might look out for is Marco Livaya. Um, I think 19, 19 or 20 uh, and he's certainly somebody to keep an eye on. So the, the point I'm making in bringing him up as well is that it's, it's not a case of it's just all the old stages. You know, there, there is a there, there is an evolution going on with with this Croatian side too, and there are you know fresher faces to keep an eye on too. So there might be a nice blend about them actually, Croatia. Yeah, I like the look of them, uh, and unbelievably, would you? Uh, they are eleventh favourites. Last time's finalists, eleventh mm-hmm. favourites, paying thirty six dollars at the moment uh, at the at the bookies over here. Anyway, so yeah, I, I like them, and I think that Belgium should have enough to get out of that group. But I think ageing defence and you know a Lukaku and a, and, a, and a Hazard that aren't the players they were mean that they probably won't really threaten the title. Well, I think in terms of we looked at Belgium and they were among the favourites for several of the last major international tournaments. It was called their golden generation. It's almost like a cursed moniker, that, isn't it? When you consider the England golden generation, as they were called, never won anything either. In terms of that Belgian golden generation, I think that has passed now. You know, this is the weakest looking Belgium squad, I think, for several tournaments. We've seen Lukaku's played hardly any football this season. At Inter, he's been injured pretty much the whole season so far, which has been a great frustration to, to Inter supporters. Um, so what we'll get from him is unclear. You know, as in a, and as you've already alluded to, the, the defend, you know, at one point in time or another, you looked at the Belgian defence and you thought, you know, in terms of centre-halves, They've got some of the, or did have some of the best centre halves in in Europe. You know, people at the time like Vertonghen and Alderweireld, who were when they were at the top of their game, you looked at that and thought, wow, they, you know, they've got a really good defence with Thibaut Courtois behind that as well. But 
as and, and as you say, Eden Hazard is, is not really done it for a, a number of years now. Consistently, has had a lot of injury troubles. I think this will be the last chance, Ricardo, for Roberto Martinez to get it right at a major tournament. Um, so th- there's a there's a lot of pressure on him coming into this in terms of. You know, if he wants to make, be in that position going forward as well. Group G, Brazil, everybody's favourites. I think the best balanced Brazil I can I can remember for a long time. A Neymar that seems to have uh, found um, what you call it. What's the right term? He, he's matured, I think, and 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 has got mm. more of a level head. He's got a great a uh, lot of great tools around him. He's got actual strikers, which Brazil struggled with last World Cup. They're in the group with Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon, who are all playing for second place. You fancy and I'm. Mm. I quite like the Serbians to get that second place, but uh, for me, Brazil, I think you've already mentioned it, favourites for the World Cup. Yeah, I agree with you about the balance of the squad. I mean, the form is ridiculous. The amount of goals they've been scoring is ridiculous. Um, You look at the the forwards that they've picked, and I mean, it's just obscene, really, isn't it, that they should have that much talent in one squad. You start to try and look for weaknesses, and it and it's it is really difficult. Um, it just looks exceptionally strong right throughout the squad. I'm not, I don't think that they'll necessarily have the problems with harmony either that, that France have. Who are probably for me the on paper the, the next strongest squad on paper. I don't see that that will be an issue with any Brazil side. Though Ricardo going into a major tournament, there is an enormous amount of pressure. Uh, they, they've got to contend with that, and that is half. That's half the battle sometimes with Brazil's side. But you're right to highlight Neymar because he's in great form right now at PSG. I think that the penny has dropped with him in terms of its maturity that you you spoke of. That he realizes that now, you know, how many more times is he going to get the chance to deliver in a World Cup? You know, it, it, he, he's got to make the most of this opportunity and it feels like he's got himself in great shape going into the the tournament but there's even if he weren't on his game you, you've got Richarlison who, who's, who yes has been injured of late but plays brilliantly for Brazil you've got so many other I mean we could be here all day talking about Brazil and but even in the defensive side of things they've got so much quality I mean Bremer who's at Juventus now I mean he's somebody who, he probably won't start actually but you know it, it shows the strength that they've got I mean how well he's been playing for the last couple of years that you know he's only just recently got into the squad I mean, that's ridiculous, really. I think it was in September he made his debut, and he's a fantastic player. You know, he, he got even if you just look the two defensive midfield players they've got there in Casemiro and Fabinho. I mean, Fabinho for me is an absolute Rolls Royce, and then Casemiro's won the Champions League four or five times. So, yeah, absolutely stats all over the place. A great race for second. Uh, Serbia, I, I like a lot of their players. Milinkovic Savic is probably the pick of them for me. The Lazio player who is a fantastic source of creativity. 11 goals and 11 assists he got in Serie A last season. He runs on average 11 kilometres per game in Serie A, which is more than any other player in that league. Um, But but there's a lot more to them than just him. Um, But I think it will be very tight for second with Switzerland and Cameroon because they're they're not lacking in quality either. So I really like that group. I think that could be a really great group to watch. Yeah, and Group H is the final group, and uh, this has been dubbed the group of death. Uh, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and Korea Republic, who may be without uh, uh, Son from Spurs. He did have an injury. They've named him, but don't know how much he'll play. Uh, Of course, you have the Ronaldo circus at Portugal. Ghana looks strong. Uruguay are always there or thereabouts. It's a tough, tough one to pick, this one. This is, for me, I would look 
at the group and whilst many of the groups you'd say there's one team that stands out that you would expect nine times out of ten to win the group this one I find it harder to do that I'd say this is really the group of death in terms of when you, it's hard to call the top two um, it's probably going to be one of the best groups to watch this you've now got the whole Naldo story that feeds into this with the interview that he's given right ahead of the World Cup that's obviously making a lot of story um, Colin Inch is over here um, being hugely talked about um, you've got Garner who traditionally have always been one of the strongest African sides um, Uruguay have got good players as well um, I, I, I really like the look of Uruguay actually I, I'm intrigued to see what they do in terms of the forward line in terms of you've got Suarez who's been playing back home now you've got Cavani you've got Darwin Nunez at Liverpool as well um, you've got good midfielders like Ugarte who I, who I thought was really good when I watched him play for Sporting in the Champions League got Vecino in there there's, there's, there's many other players I could mention too I, and South Korea as well. I mean, they've you know they've tended to to do well at, at tournaments, haven't they? Mm. Um, and and I, and I think they've got some good players too. So it's a really really tough group to call this one. I, I find it almost impossible, really, to say who I think will finish in the top two. Of that you could make a case for any of those teams, in my opinion. I'll make this prediction: Portugal, Uruguay will have the most red cards of any group game, um, just <laughs> because they're making for those teams. Possibly, yeah. Um, yeah, Portugal, it's hard to know what to expect from them. Um, you know, and I hate to keep going back to Ronaldo, but a lot of the debate will be, as it has been with Manchester United, really, are they better with him or without him? I think the question now with Manchester United has been answered pretty firmly this season. Uh, I mean, I, I would have said this before this season quite strongly, but other people were more split on it, that Manchester United clearly play better without him. Now, there will be people in Portugal who will feel it's sacrilege to say that Portugal are better without Cristiano Ronaldo. He is the captain. He almost certainly will start. But I think it's a very valid question to say. Um, does he? Will they function better without him in the side? I know that Jota not being there anymore is because he's injured. He's going to be a big miss on the left. But then such an exciting player in this side as well and how he'll fit in with the whole Ronaldo thing is Rafael Liao. Mm. Um, can be a little bit hot and cold, but he was the player of the year in Serie A last season, was uh, exceptional for Milan, was one of the main reasons they won the league. You know, he's I would think he would start on the left. Um, but the, the makeup of that side is, particularly with Ronaldo and it, how they approach games, how they play, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how all that is managed with Portugal because you know on paper you look at the squad and they've, they've got the, the capability to go quite deep into the competition but they've, they've got to get it right in terms of their approach tactically I think Yeah I think you're 100% correct on that one Adam Good stuff mate Hey listen thanks very much for giving us so much time and talking our World Cup groups with us Enjoy the tournament mate and we'll catch up with you soon eh? Cheers mate Good to talk to you there you go, Adam Summerton from BT Sport talking the Football World Cup. Uh, we have time for Stumped shortly. If you want to play Stumped and win yourself a TAB $50 bonus bet, give us a call now, 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Running a bit late for news and sport, but here it is with Aroha. 1476 AM in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Kia ora, good afternoon. I'm Manuha Hathaway with SCNZ News. 
The leader of the National Party has copped some massive criticism for comments about principles contributing to low attendance levels. Christopher Luxon told AM there's mixed standards of leadership across the country, essentially saying some principles get kids to school and others don't. Principal of Horohoro School and President of the Taitokiro Principals Association, Pat Newman, on AM. I'm very, very disappointed, Mr. Luxon, that he thinks that a couple of seconds on television will actually assist the program when he attacks, attacks people who are doing their damn best to get children into school and do the job correctly without needing comments like his just to get some votes. Police are investigating an incident involving a firearm in Te Aroha in the Waikato region. Officers were called to the property on Whitaker Street just after 10 this morning. Meanwhile, two schools and several streets in Huntley, also in Waikato, are in lockdown after an incident. In a statement, police say they were deployed to Fraser Street, where they've set up cordons, and also on nearby streets. Members of the public are being asked to avoid the area while it's being resolved. Russia's defence ministry says Russian missiles did not hit Polish territory, killing two people. Russia's described the reports as a deliberate provocation aimed at escalating the situation and said wreckage reportedly found at the scene had nothing to do with Russian weapons. Ukraine faced a fresh barrage of Russian missiles earlier today. SCNZ Radio.NZ Sport next. Download the SCNZ app today and listen live or catch up on anything you missed from your favourite show. Catch the best of live racing, download the TAB app today. Black Caps captain Kane Williamson has been released by his Indian Premier League cricket club, the Sunrisers Hyderabad, ahead of the 2023 IPL auction. The 32-year-old was captain and most expensive player during the 22 IPL campaign. Los Angeles Rams receiver Cooper Cup will have surgery on his sprained right ankle, sidelining the Super Bowl MVP for at least the next four weeks. And there are reports Anthony Rizzo is staying with the New York Yankees, agreeing to a $40 million US dollar two-year contract. More inside 30 on SENZ. All the big moments from the world of sport. SENZ Radio.NZ. ADM. Importing stock feed direct for your farm needs. Morning cloud breaking up a few showers, some heavy in the afternoon. We've got a high of 23 and a low of 10. The FIFA World Cup starts next week and you can catch commentary of every game on SENZ or on the SENZ app. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. What he's also back tomorrow, but right now it is time to win fifty dollars with the TAB and Ricardo Ball. How are you feeling about it today, Rick Dog? Feeling pretty good about it, mate. Feeling pretty good about it. Fizzed a bit after that chat with Adam Summerton about the World Cup. It kicks off Monday morning. I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about that, just quietly. Yeah, no, well, of course you would be, and I should have just done three categories, right? Association, football, soccer, and football. Yeah, totally. I, I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, they're three different names of sports. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the beautiful game, uh, football and soccer. But anyway, um, coming up to the crease today, first up, we have Ed from Tolaga Bay. Ed, how are you? You did. Oh, no. No. All right. Okay. Ed, you're gone. You're gone. We're going to go across to Hayden from Taranaki. You there, Hayden? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Yeah, there we go. See that straight away. Sorry, Ed, mate. You're gone. Uh, but Hayden is here. Now, Hayden, uh, have you played Stumped before? Uh, 
Yeah, we have, yep. Beauty, yep, so you know how it goes. Three categories, you get them uh, get them right, you win, you get them wrong, you can still win. But uh, if you get stumped, you go home. Your three categories today, Hayden, World Series, NBA or football? Oh, none of my strengths. I better not go near football with Ricardo. I'll go NBA. Oh, beautiful. All right, Hayden, first question. One team stands above all on wins so far this season with 11. Can you name that team? Um, no, I'll be guessing. Um, go on, we'll go Miami Heat. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. It's through to the keeper. Mm. Um, I'm just trying to... Th- I, I think the Milwaukee Bucks... One of the worst things oh, no. I have ever seen done on a cricket field. You know, I asked the same question to a bloke called Sam Hewitt today, mm. and he's actually wearing the T-shirt, yeah. and he didn't go with the team. Oh, wow. Uh, who's your favourite team, Rick Dog? Boston Celtics. You would have got it. Uh, but uh, you're still alive, Hayden. Who awesome. is the current league leader for points per game in the NBA this season? Um... Go with someone from Boston, but I'm not, I'm not. Nah, I've got nothing. Sorry. Yeah, you're not even a ballpark name. One of the superstars, perhaps. Um, Devin Booker. One of the worst things I have ever seen. Oh, it's edge through to the keeper. Yeah, it's a tough one. This because you think. Celtics, given that, but that's not always the case. Sometimes, because they're, they're a better team than you know some teams with superstars, right? So I mean, you could say, I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there. I know they haven't been going great guns, but he always scores a ton of points. I'm going to go Steph Curry. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Okay, so Steph Curry is second on the list. Oh, close. Who's first? Luka Doncic. Oh, of course. Of course. You mentioned that and everybody goes, oh, that's right. Of course it is. Okay, now last question, mate. You're still alive. Uh, Everything's still on the table for you to be one. Who currently leads the league for offensive rebounds? Um, Again, I'm guessing Bowen's going to go Stephen Adams. That's a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot, and away it goes. There's a bit of a give me that one, but uh, did you know that one, Rick Dog? Uh, I would have gone Stephen Adams as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and congratulations, uh, Hayden. Well done, mate. Cheers. Where are you going to put that 50 bucks this week, mate? I don't know, actually. I'll have to look. Somewhere in the rugby or the, even the World Cup, maybe on Samoa. What do you reckon? Oh, mate, they're paying sevens, you know, and I think sevens. I think the point starts seventeen and a half. You can get it at a dollar eighty-seven. Yeah, somewhere around there, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad, mate. All right, good. Good luck to you, Hayden. I hope it goes well. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Go well. Uh, there we go. We'll do that again tomorrow. Except, well, when I say we, uh, Brian and Smithy will do that again tomorrow. Another fifty dollars from the TAB for a bonus bet up for grabs. It is seventeen away from midday. Run it straight at everyone on the... It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.